Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Talk Recorded live. Hey, this is David. Yeah, we just got through with a long show on Talk Shoe called uh, The Awakening. And we had some fun there. Yeah. I guess it's kind of an after show. So how come you couldn't uh, call in there, Johnny? Um, I, w- I had to go down and uh, camp out uh, someplace where there was a bunch of noise, so I thought I'd just listen. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, if I would have been on live on the call, you would have heard noise, a lot of noise in the background. I would have wrecked everything, so. Oh, okay. But I'm back. I'm back in the trailer now. Everything's nice and quiet in here, so. But, yeah, talk about, you're talking about, uh, remember you just said it was uh, irresponsible for that guy to have that one guest on that was talking about. Um, uh, uh, this is a guy who's, well, you know, have you ever heard of a show, Johnny, called uh, The Edge Radio Broadcasting? Uh, yeah, I don't think I've heard okay. it, though. Okay, with, with Daniel Ott? Yeah, I know the name, but that's okay. all. Well, he um, it, it's a it's a very amusing show. Um, not everybody would enjoy it, but um, it's just a total hodgepodge of different philosophies and viewpoints and wild, crazy conspiracy theories. So the guy's a Christian. He's a professing Christian, and uh, I finally found out what he's trying to do. He he was a fan of Coast to Coast AM, and he decided to create his own show like that. And he's you know he's coming across you know I'm. It's just really about entertainment, you know what I mean? But the problem is, he's he, he's got so much... I mean, I, I'm i certain that a, a good number of these people are agents. They're just taking advantage of them. But I think as a Christian, it's you, you can't really come out... Unless you put a disclaimer on the show, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, he, he's promoting just flat-out demonic type stuff, though. So, I mean, you, you can't just have anybody on for entertainment purposes, you know? Um, you got to watch what they have. You got to be responsible for God. You know, I don't think God wants you to go out there and just entertain it, entertain people. I mean, knowledge is um is something that requires responsibility. It can damage people. You know, oh, yeah. so. Uh, have you heard of Zen, have you heard of Zen Garcia? Yeah, yeah, I, you have. I listen to his stuff. Falling into the TV. Huh? Really. I he wanted to come on the Iron Show and I had him on. First he wanted to go live and I'm like, well, let's, now let's get in the studio and do a recording session instead. Uh-huh. So we went in, just went in the studio, just me and him did a recording session. And it was uh-huh. pretty cool, you know. I mean, a lot of the cool stuff that I'm into, and you know, it's a lot of Planet X stuff. And he was right. bringing in, uh, yeah, he was bringing in a lot of ancient Sumerian, uh, you know. 
uh, references, you know, from the Numa Leash and the, the other epics and stuff. And very cool show. It was going really good. And we got about, I don't know, probably 45 minutes into it. And he comes around. He, he's, then he tries, he brings it all into <laughs> to uh, Christianity, brings it back into Jesus and all this stuff. And, and says, and that's why that we're going to be uh, saved based on our behavior. I said, whoa, hit the brakes. <laughs> oh, dude, what a mess. And then we got in this big old nasty drag-out fight. Oh, man, I'm stuck with like two hours worth of, yeah, 45 minutes of really cool, trippy stuff, you know, and like an hour and 10 minutes worth of total brawling, you know. You mean to tell me that you think somebody can do that? I'm like, hey, dude, 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 you're not saved based on your behavior. Oh, my God, it was just, and you want to talk about responsible. Man, I put in a lot of, I put in a lot of effort on that show. And I don't know. I think I'm stuck with something. I just have to leave in the can. Uh huh. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, I know, know that he's. I know that he has some beliefs. Um, they're going to really upset Christians. But you know, a lot of that's really weird speculation. Um, it's not going to affect your salvation. Um, it, it, it becomes yeah, a problem. He's, uh, when he's totally legalistic, though. That has uh -huh. nothing to do with. Look, dude. Look, look, Dave. It had nothing to do with any of his wild theories, he comes uh -huh. around and just starts just going off on all this legalistic stuff. And I'm like, what? Well, well I, I agree I with you as far as, uh, you know, how, how, how you're going to get saved by doing good works. Yeah, that, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, you oh, know right, I don't believe so that. Have... Oh. oh, so we would be in a battle too, me and you. No, no. Um... I don't battle, see, I, it's a big subject, you know, I don't want to talk too much, but it all has to do with what I call a diaspora mindset, and if you have that mindset, it uh, promotes tolerance, because uh, basically, in a nutshell, we're all confused, so we got to get along somehow. Yeah. But you're not legalistic very much. I didn't know that. I'm legalistic? No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Saved by work? Well, that, that's a complex subject. Unfortunately, because you, you, I believe that you have to have good works in order to be saved. But see, when I say the word saved, uh, unfortunately, the modern Christian mind is thinking of salvation as a past event. They didn't believe this in early church. You can see this clearly in post-apostolic, non-canonical writings, where salvation, almost without exception, is thought to be a future event the exact opposite of what we believe. We think it's a past event. What I'm trying to say is that salvation is a process. There's two, uh, it's based on the, the Greek verb tenses. Uh, there's two uh, examples in Scripture where it talks about uh, we, are, we are being saved, you know, in the process of salvation. It's, it's actually four stages if you include the, um, the judgment seat of Christ. That's where you're fully and finally justified. What happened is that I, I believe that Martin Luther was correct about justification as far as initial salvation goes, okay? But the problem is is that with the Protestant Reformers is they they fail to 
uh, hold on to the older view that justification was an ongoing thing that was um, that parallels sanctification. I, I believe that justification is both an initial event and it's also um, progressive. We've lost that old view. So anyway, you have to have good works to be fully and finally saved. Now I'm now I'm qualifying what I mean by saved. Because the whole purpose of to save anyone is to glorify God. It's not based on sympathy for the creature. So God is not glorified uh, through wickedness. That's why it says, you know, early in the book of Romans there, my name is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you. So in order to glorify himself, God basically makes you holy, and when he does that, you actually perform righteous acts. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 2 that our good works are prepared beforehand by God. The problem is most Christians don't believe that because they tend to overemphasize the freedom of the creature and de-emphasize the determinism of God. And basically, this has come down to in the Baptist um, denomination now. I'm not talking about Reformed Baptists because Reformed Baptists are Calvinists. They have this view, and I know what you believe, Johnny, okay? I'm familiar with your theology, but it's called once saved, always saved. Um, yeah, that's me. Or eternal security. You got to watch yeah, out with that. Now, you got, here's why you got to watch out, okay? Because um, let's put that in one corner. In the other corner, we're going to put um, what's called the perseverance of the saints or the preservation of the saints. And that's a Calvinist doctrine, okay? Um, I believe the Calvinists have it right because they believe that God can make you holy. And these Baptists that are running around today, these free willies, they don't believe that. Here's what they believe, whether they deny it or not. They believe that theoretically you can resist God at every point along the line. And but as long as you said that little prayer, then you're going to have eternal security. Okay? And uh the Bible doesn't teach that. Now here's why. It teaches that sanctification is an essential doctrine. And you can prove that with one scripture. That this, the Bible says that without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now you understand why I say you have to have good works? Yeah, see, here's the secret now. Now, you may not buy into this, because this is the old Augustinian view, okay? Everything is by grace. A man contributes nothing to his salvation at any point along the line. So here it is. Here's the kicker, okay? And God, God will reveal this to one person and not the other person, because most Christians, down to the history of the church, they have not believed this, okay? But here's the secret. Your good works are from God. See, everything is from grace. You either get that or you don't. If you do, you're a monergist. If you don't, you're a synergist. So you have to have good works to be saved. But see, the good works themselves are entirely a gracious gift from God. And that is profound. Now, how often do you hear that? Well, the Protestant Reformers taught that, believe it or not. And uh, uh, Orthodox conservative Lutherans still teach it today, because that's what Martin Luther taught. And in fact... That's what all of the primary scholars, like even people like Thomas Aquinas, uh, Roman Catholics were teaching that kind of stuff, going back to the time of Augustine. And uh, they were still teaching that uh, up until the 19th century, because that's what the Great Awakening was all based on. i got to remember that the greatest theological reform in the history of the Church um, had to do with people who believed these very things. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of them were Calvinists. And the greatest um, uh, moral reform that we've ever had, which also was theological, was the Great Awakening. And they were Calvinists. 
These were men who spent a tremendous amount of time on their knees, and yet they believed in absolute predestination. You know what I mean? So if people yeah. cannot come out and say, well, if you believe in predestination, you're just going to be, uh, you know, just, uh, you'll become a liberal and you won't do good work, stuff like you won't preach the gospel. That's been historically been proven not to be true. The problem is, is that there's a big difference between people 250 years ago and today. Because we're largely a product of social engineering, and people are, are just weak across the board. Everything is weak. Their minds are weak. They're apathetic. They're lazy. They're slothful. They're overweight. Uh, they're stupid. You can't, it's like comparing apples and oranges today. So there's actually a danger today with believing in, in predestination. I've seen it affect people negatively. You know what I mean? Right. That question. Yeah. It leads to apathy and inaction. Anyway. I got some good anyway. stuff to tell you about Isaiah 24 when you want to get around to it. This <laughs> guy wasn't talking like you, though. He was talking about you're your saved on your behavior. He, he yeah. outright said it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you believe, you're saved on your behavior. And I can't I just can't let that stuff go out there. That's just not true. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't even agree with that. Yeah. Because even you even you don't agree you're saved on your behavior because your behavior isn't yours, according to you. So you don't even believe that guy. Uh well, your behavior is yours. Um you, you just have to uh if it comes from, if it comes properly from God, clarify it. Well, you have to understand that anything that you do that's good, um, in some form, it's a gift of God. That's what I'm trying to say. But that doesn't mean that your behavior is not yours. I I do believe it's yours. It flows from your being, you know what I mean? It doesn't bypass you in some way. Hmm. I don't think I agree with this guy, though. Oh, no, yeah. I still don't think you'd agree with that guy. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm saying something completely different than him. Yeah, you are. (laughs) You are. See, what I'm saying... Basically what I did, John, is I explained without specifying how what James spoke about justification by works is, is reconciled with what Paul talked about. They're talking about two different things. He's talking about progressive justification. James is. And see, that doctrine is basically lost in the Western Church. And so that's why we don't understand what the heck he's talking about. You have to continue to perform good works in order to be fully and finally saved. But see, we look in the past, the salvation is a uh, a once-for-all-time act. It's, it's, It's all over. There's a sense where that's true. I mean, if you believe in predestination, you can see that, say that the, the, the decree of God determines everything. It's all over. You know, it's all about balance and the, the proper context of what you're talking about. <clears throat> in other words, it, it's true in some sense, if, if predestination is true, that um, it, it is over. Because if God elects you, because you have the word election, elect, you're elected. Just like a president, you're in office, you know what I mean? It's not going to change or anything like that. Um, but you still have to um, carry what it out. What if you mess that up? Well, see, that's what it has to do with God. God determines who's going to uh, persevere into the end. 
And he can't fail because of his nature. So he equips you for everything that you need. That's why, you know, it says there in, the, in, in 1 John, it says, he's, he's saying, Dear children, you don't need anyone to teach you. He talks about the Antichrist who went out from among us, but they're not really among us. It says, but you don't need anyone to teach you because you have everything you need to know. You know what I mean? Uh, what the heck is he talking about? He's talking about, obviously he can't be talking about you, you have absolute knowledge of everything. And the Bible advocates having a teacher, and you're supposed to submit yourself, you know, ideally, uh, to uh, some kind of local teacher, because when you start off, you don't know anything. But what he's talking about is that he's speaking to the elect, and the elect have all the essential knowledge that they need. It's like a package that's given to them from God. Because it's true that um, if you, a heresy is a soul damnable sin, according to the latter part of Galatians, because uh, the word heresis is in a list of soul damnable sins. So what, what is a heresy? It's a, it's a denial of an essential truth. Okay? Right. So it's very important to have these essential beliefs, like a package. I'm just saying that God gives, gives them to you. He gives you sufficient grace for everything you need, every point along the line. So you know all the things that are essential. doesn't mean you know everything. That's what he's talking about. Johnny's pondering that one, too. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're saying. I just said, yeah, I, you're not, you wouldn't agree, though, with Zen Garcia. I mean, there's just no way. You mean, he would be just as angry at you as he is with me. I mean, even you take the Calvinist, you know, perspective of predestination, you know, and, and monarchy. I mean, he would hate that just as much as he hated me. And he'd probably hate me more. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. knows? Yeah, it was, uh, no, he was, uh, it was all on you. And, and, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, of the good work he's doing. Well, he's a paraplegic in a wheelchair. Yeah. And there's really not much good work he can do anymore because he, he got, he got turned into, uh, a vegetable when he uh, was partying went over the went over a cliff in his van. Yeah. Well, so what's the good work that's supposed to save him? What's this behavior that's supposed to save him? Because good work isn't looking down your nose at somebody who's smoking a joint. Good works is feeding feeding hungry people. Good works is giving blankets to freezing people. Good works is feeding people, uh, visiting people who are sick and in prison. Those are works, not being self-righteous. That is not a work. That's not a work. That's not, when we talk about work, even when James talked about work, he said, don't, don't, don't come to have somebody to come up to you and say, I'm, I'm cold, I don't have any clothes, and then go and tell them to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus and be on your way, brother. No, he said, yeah. take your coat off and give it to him. That's uh-huh. not work. People, people think being snobby and self-righteous and going around and making people feel bad about themselves is a good work. It's not a, that's not, that's not a good work. So where does this, does this, does this guy in the wheelchair go around clothing, you know, the naked and feeding the hungry and, no, he's got somebody wiping his ass every day, three times a day. 
But what are these works that are going to save him? See? So that's uh, that's my case against him for what that's worth. Wow. I never thought about that. So he's not able to properly um, eliminate things, huh? <laughs> you wouldn't get focused on that. Oh, Dave gets stuck on the, dir- the dirty details. Well, you know, I, I was living with my mom here, and I was a full-time caregiver. She's gone now. I mean, she's still alive, but she's uh, not in a nursing home. It's something better than that, kind of a private home. Yeah, but that's where we were headed there, man, because I was basically doing everything else. That's why I had to get up sometimes and leave the uh, podcast to go help her. She couldn't even get into bed, man. That's where we were headed, oh, yeah. man. Thank God I didn't well, get that far. Those are good works right there. Caring for your mom. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's yeah, that's well, good you know, work. it talks about those. And, you know, people try to say that uh, they try to create this false dichotomy between um, relationship and religion, you know. But the Bible says that um, the true religion is, you know, visiting widows and stuff like that. And uh, it actually says that right in Scripture. But those, see, those are, are more obvious outward works. Uh, you know, the Satanists love to do that kind of stuff. You know, philanthropy, get out there and announce to everybody, oh, we're doing this and we're doing that. They've actually got that set up so they actually make money off of it. But basically, everything that flows out of your, your being, um, whether it's external and obvious, it's a form of a good work. You know. Because, see, see what is a good work, Johnny? It's something that you, it has to do with merit, okay? If it, if it gets you an award, if you're rewarded for it at the judgment, no matter how small it is, it has to be some form of a good work because you can't disassociate good works from merit. And so a kind word can be a good work. You see that? It's just yeah, not as obvious. This, this guy has, yeah, and there's another thing. At least... He can't do anything else. At least he could be kind and encouraging to the brethren. Not making it hundreds of people sit around. Just sure they're going to hell because they just they just can't keep their hand out of the cookie jar. I mean, come on. Uh huh. Well, how you been doing lately, John? Oh, oh, myself personally. Oh, it's, I'm a mess here. Really? Yeah. I'm, this is my first. I really believe in Christmas. I'm not like these other guys that are against Christmas. And this uh-huh. is my first Christmas alone. This is my first Christmas alone ever in yeah. my life. So yeah, it's, it's tough. It's yeah, tough. I'm lonely and I'm, I'm lonely and I'm cold and I'm tired and I want to go home. And <laughs> there is no home. There is no yeah. home to go to. Home is a distant memory. So yeah. that's where I've been at lately. I've been feeling sorry for myself all week. I mean, if you really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're living in a trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. lost the house, lost the wife, daughter hates me. I won't see them for Christmas. And I'm here in a, in a trailer alone by the river. And, man, it's really, it's really getting me down here this week. This last week, man, this has been... Man, it's been brutal. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I got a lot to be thankful for. I just got to keep, because, you know, for one thing, I'm a Christian. I'm not a Satan worshiper. So at least I got a future. Mm-hmm. 
Well, when the holidays roll around, people have certain expectations and they have memories. Those two things yeah. alone will, well, if, 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 if you don't get your expectations met and uh, if you're all alone and you're, you're thinking about past Christmases, that'll, that'll do it to you right there. Oh, the ghost of Christmas past. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I suppose 10 years from now, after I've had a lot of Christmases alone, then that'll just pretty much meet my expectations. It won't bother me, really. So, there you go. You must be right. Well, I've I've had a few alone. Have you? Yeah. You know, i got a big Irish family. And they like to fight? Uh, <laughs> actually, um, you know, my mom's side is, um, German and English, and, um, we have more in common with them, generally. My dad was the only yeah. one that was born in, uh, America, out of, uh, I think five children, or was it six? I think six. So, got lots of Irish in it, but yeah, the, the uh, the larger family, they like to drink and fight. Pretty much. <laughs> Get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> My mom's side, same as yours. It's uh, well, uh, German, English on my mom's side. And my dad's side, it's all Scotch and Irish. And then oh. on my mom's, yeah, my mom's side, it's all a bunch of, uh, you know, scientists and uh, thinkers, big thinkers. And very entertaining after, you know, after dinner because they all sit around and talk about science and big ideas and things like that. On, the, on my dad's side, the Scotch-Irish side, they get drunk and get in fights with each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't, uh, isn't McMahon, isn't that a, 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 an Irish or a Scottish name? Both ne- and neither. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's arguments over it, but my... My great-great-grandpa did come over from Ireland during the potato famine, John McMahon, same name uh-huh. as me. So he came from uh, Ireland, definitely he did. Uh, but uh, I, talked, I talked to the lady who runs the, uh, who runs the biggest, uh, she runs the biggest hotel at Loch Ness, and she says, oh, no, no, the McMahons are Scottish. They went to Ireland later, but they're an old Scottish family, so... That's according to the lady at Loch Ness, so. Huh. I used to have a website back in the mid-90s called The Strange. It was about everything strange. Uh, Art Bell used to talk about it on Coast to Coast. He used uh-huh. to hang out there a lot. If you see, I'm friends on Facebook. I'm one of Art Bell's only friends on Facebook, which is kind of weird. But anyway, huh. uh, yeah, I was doing a thing. Uh, I, I won some awards. Uh, some literature awards for my articles at the screen. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's how I ran into the lady at Loch Ness. I was doing an article on Loch Ness. And so anyway, uh, but, uh, yeah, it got, uh, I, I missed the renewal date in, ni- in 1999. I missed the renewal date by one day and it got, and the site got seized by Russian porno freaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened to that. Anyway. Well, do you like Christmas, John? 
Oh, yeah, I love Christmas. Uh-huh. I mean, well, I, I you probably... Uh, uh-huh, go ahead. Well, I know. I mean, I'm familiar with, you know, it's Saturnalia, and that comes that goes all the way back down to ancient times, you know, as Nimrod's birthday. I'm familiar right. with all that. And, and I'm familiar with, uh, you know, the decorating of the tree and tying it down in Jeremiah and all that. I'm familiar with all the pagan roots, but I believe, I'm one of those rare people that believe that when Jesus said, uh, um, on this rock I'll build my church, and uh, whatever you shall uh, bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, I really believe that Jesus was giving the church power to bind and loose things one of them being Christmas. I believe that Christmas was bound, even though, yes, it's probably Nimrod's birthday, yes, it's a pagan ritual going thousands of years back, Saturnalia, all that, but I believe it was bound by the church and bound under authority. So I believe that God claimed it, just like he claimed the promised land back from the uh, evil giants. So there's my take on Christmas. All right. Well, I should probably say something about that because uh, we like to emphasize that it's all about balance, you know. And uh, you know, you, you take like, for instance, Ishtar. That's that's obviously referring to Ishtar. I mean, it's, did I say did I say Easter? Anyway, Ishtar is referring to Ishtar. I mean, that's that's like pretty obvious, right, in your face. But um, English transliteration. At least from a first century perspective. I guess you have to understand that the Christians were still keeping the uh, Jewish feasts. That, that's helpful. But, uh, you know, that, that has to do with Passover there. And that's mistranslated in the King James as uh, Easter and then the Book of Acts. But see, um, you can't use Scripture to say that you can't celebrate uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, Resurrection Day. Why can't you do that? Is there something wrong with that? Well, if you're going to do that, no. you're going to have to put that on a calendar date. Well, I don't buy into the so-called Christian calendar. I actually believe it's from Illuminati. But Martin Luther uh, wrote a, a tract or a, a pamphlet, very influential, that has to do with what's called Christian freedom. And Paul actually teaches this doctrine. There's no question about it. You know what I mean? And... Um, and it's unfortunate that we don't have these all these laws that I guess we, people want. The Bible doesn't speak about a lot of these things, so that's that's the basis for some of this Christian freedom. It basically has to do with following your conscience. You know what I mean? If you stop and think about it, what is what is wrong with celebrating uh, the resurrection of Christ? And so that's the way I look at Easter, uh, Easter with all its pagan trappings. You know, that's yeah, something that's distinct. It's distinct from Passover. Those are two different things. People get them kind of confused, you know what I mean? But anyway, when you go to um, to Christmas now, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's all the occult and all this crazy stuff. I, You know, I've looked into it deeply. But nevertheless, you stand back from that and you ask yourself a simple question. Am I allowed to celebrate the, the birth of Jesus Christ in, in Scripture? Nowhere it says that you can't yeah. do that. Now, we know that the Hebrews did not. As far as we know, they didn't celebrate birthdays. But it says you can't. I mean, you can, you can commemorate it. What's wrong with doing that? So if you if you do that, you can put it on a calendar. Okay, now here's a problem you run into. People say, uh, okay, but you can't do it on Christmas Day because that's an evil day. You know, that's Satan's Day, right? 
That's not true. If you want to celebrate, you don't have to celebrate it. Uh, you know, the Eastern Church, they have a different calendar. They celebrate Christmas in January. So it's all relative, you know. Uh, but you can, you're can you free to pick whatever day of the year you want to if you do it. You know, you don't have to do it the day before or the day after because you can't do it on Christmas Day because that's an evil day, Dave. You know? See, this is yeah, just basic yeah. common sense. Basic common sense. It is permissible. It's, you got to educate yourself. I mean, the, the tree does represent Nimrod and stuff like that. And the mistletoe and then the whole thing, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, the thing is, is you can take that tree and, uh, and dedicate it and use it as a teaching tool and say our tree is going to symbolize Jesus Christ. Because in Scripture, trees actually represent people. And, um, yeah, Jesus hung on a, Jesus hung on a tree. Cursed uh, yeah. is all those who hang on a tree from Isaiah. There you go. You educate yep. your children. you got to be active about it. You can't just talk about it and not actually do it, you know. And that way they wouldn't feel so deprived about the whole thing, you know. Because that, that, that's a huge problem in our society because everybody's doing it, you know, and the, the children feel deprived and... Then they grow up and they want to break away from all this stuff and they, they, they just go crazy, like the Amish children, you know? <laughs> or, right. Yeah. They go, too, they go too far the other direction. It's a, it's a lashback. It's like, uh-huh. a, it's like a, a lashback effect. A whip, yeah. yeah, backlash. Uh, yep. what they, backlash, I'm sorry. Lashback. Mm-hmm. Backlash. It's a backlash and it swings too far to the, to the, other, the other way. Like I said, it's all about balance. Yeah. What you need to do is everything you do, um, do it with intelligent action and, you know, you're thinking through, here's why we do this and and communicate to your children. Here's why we do this and here's why we don't do that. You know what I mean? Right. Hopefully they'll buy into it, you know? Yeah. Another thing is that... um, for the for most of the heathen world, the only time that they're really uh, they're really uh, presented with um, Jesus is on Christmas. I mean, that's where they just can't seem to get away from the message of the you know of the birth of Christ. They just can't seem to get away from that message. So why take the only day that you know that they're they really are they they really have an opportunity to ponder Jesus. Why take that old deal, that only day away from them? You know, mm-hmm. that's just a terrible thing to do. I mean, come on. It's it's true that people uh, to some degree they do think about these things. Um, they'll even put Jesus on you know in front of Time magazine or something like that. And of course, the Illuminati every every Easter they seem to do this more on Easter than Christmas. They start to roll out these propaganda stories that create doubt about Christianity. They do it every single year you can look for. It. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that what they're doing is they're taking advantage of the fact that people are thinking more about, you know, um, the Christian uh, view of reality. You know? They're pondering a little bit, you know? Most young people today have a zeitgeist mentality. Yeah. But uh, they actually find Christianity interesting from a uh, conspiratorial perspective now. <laughs> you know? I mean, you've got guys out there that have been brainwashed uh, to actually believe that um, that the Illuminati is um, all about Christianity. And actually, there's, there's some truth to that. <laughs> uh, 
That's why it's all about balance again, I guess. <laughs> you know, uh, David Icke, he, he thinks that, you know, Christianity is a big Illuminati ploy. Yeah. Or plot. Well, I actually yeah. do, too. I just, um, in a different way. Huh. You know what I mean? Have you been listening to any of our podcasts at all? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you probably heard me say something like that. <clears throat> See, I actually yeah. believe that Roman Catholicism, I, I believe that Roman Catholicism is Christianity. I think you're running into problems trying to say... I'm talking about, you know, 4th century uh, Roman Catholicism. You really run into problems trying to say, well, that's not Christianity. Well, where did your religion come from then? Out of a black hole? You know what I mean? Right. Institutions aren't formed in a vacuum. Hey! <laughs> that's my favorite Dave quote. Okay. <laughs> you told me that. So I, what's your what's your take on um, whatever you uh, uh, bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven? Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. That? A lot of people have fallen for a, a the Pentecostal Church has had a, a very strong influence upon our even Bible commentaries, uh, just like dispensationalism. You know. Because you had older uh, traditional interpretations century after century, and a lot of times they've gone by the wayside. These are interpretations that are popular with, um, like, the laity and, and pastors, too. Uh, but scholars still generally hold to the older view. But the older traditional view there, um, I believe this is in both Matthew 16 and 18. That's referring to um, uh, powers that he, uh, Jesus gave to his disciples to bring people into the kingdom and to basically kick them out to what has to do with wow. the gospel and excommunication. That's a traditional interpretation. So that's what I hold to. Now, the, the modern um, popular uh, Pentecostal view, and you'll, you'll hear this in an extreme form, although it's not considered extreme in these circles, it has to do with even binding and loosing demons. Can, now, can you see that that passage is being taken out of context when you use it in that shape and form? There's nothing there in the immediate context that indicates it has to do with binding and loosing demons. No, there's, you look, there's if you look there, for this yeah. passage, John, there's, there's, in the Bible where, where it talks about binding demons, it's not there anymore. It's not there. Right. And I'm not saying it's wrong to use that terminology. What I'm saying is it doesn't talk about binding demons with your tongue in the Bible. I, I, I say bind myself. I'm just saying it's not strictly biblical as far as the terminology, you know what I mean? It, it, anyway, that's... As far as context is as far as context and everything, it really uh there really isn't a lot of context floating around that passage. It kind of no. stands on its own. Well, see at that I mean, time they would have known what he's talking about. Um yeah. And that's basically true for any kind of passage you have in scripture where there's a lack of clarity, it appears to be ambiguous. We agreed earlier that when God communicates through Scripture, the purpose is for you to know, or somebody to know, at some point along the line, what it means. So if we don't know, if there's a lack of clarity, it's because we have, uh, what, we, what we don't have anymore is an oral apostolic tradition. And don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that none of it was written down. But you've got to remember, how many epistles do we have of Paul? 
why don't we have these other epistles, these other letters that are, quote-unquote, not inspired? We don't have anything. You see that? We should have more of those texts, but we don't really have anything, you see? And they've got a few other um, uh, texts. They're not worthy to be in the canon, you know, but I don't even believe that they're from the Apostle Paul or, or Peter. I think they're all fakes, you know. They're, they're not worthy, you know. But we should have lots of written material from, like, uh, you know, Mother Mary and uh, Jesus. These guys are all writing letters. Where did it all go? Well, I'm saying the Illuminati has it. Let me give an example, okay? We, we hear about the uh, the oral Torah. You ever heard about that? The oral Torah? Yeah. Well, if you actually look at the uh, the Pentateuch in the Law of Moses, there's not enough information there to actually um, build a temple, create a priesthood, or a, the a God ordained theocracy. It's just uh, really an overview, uh, like a summation. So. That's why um, the Jews, if you want to use that terminology, they're very aware there had to be supplementary information, okay? The Protestants are not very aware of that. They're just not, they're ill-educated, you know? So there was, because there had to be, okay? But what we've been told is this had to do with this oral Torah. And I believe that this is another one of these scams that they foisted upon us, because there's no reason why this information wouldn't be written down. The reason that scholars believe that it was an oral Torah is because there's no evidence of it. It's, there's nothing written down. Unless you want us to say that it ended up in the Talmud, and I actually believe that some of it is in the Talmud, okay? But it doesn't have any authority anymore because we don't have... Once, once, you, once God destroyed a God-ordained theocracy, you lose protection. Protection is very important. There was protection of the text. It was guarded by scribes. Everything was thrown in the, in the discontinuity. We don't have the protection anymore, so we don't know things for sure. We don't have any. Uh, we don't have a single authoritative voice in Christianity beyond the, the first century. If there is anybody, I'd like to know who they are. Well, so anyway, that, I must. Uh, I must go to bed because I'm. Like, I got to get up at four. So. All right, man. Anyway. I'd like to hang out with you a lot longer, and we'll at another point. So, well, I I got I got to tell you that you're going to be surprised with what I say about Isaiah 24 because um, I believe it has a future application. So we're talking about a double fulfillment, and the only reason I believe this, John, is because there was people in the background that got revelation on it, different people, and God actually used them to show me. But these same people are saying that it does have a first century fulfillment. I'll tell you something before you go, okay? Um, okay. I, I think I told you before, Connie got a revelation about this first century cataclysm. Uh, Charles already had a theological belief in this first century cataclysm. And I don't know anybody in the history of the church that believes this. What's the chances of me running into Charles? We had another guy in the chat room tonight called Rex, the guy that was praying. I don't know if you heard him. He also had a spiritual experience where he saw this first century cataclysm. When I, I shared this with Lisa for the first time, the spirit hurt, hit her so strong that she had to sit down. What God was doing, he was confirming this, that this is true. Did you need that? Because we, we don't believe this stuff. You know, nobody believes this. So you need a confirmation. What I'm saying is, how do you explain all that? Um, well, the way that you do it, you say it's all from the devil. Or, or we're Illuminati agents, right? Or it's from God. There's one of three possibilities. 
I'm just saying what what this does is it backs you into a corner, and you have to you have to decide, okay, what's going on here, man? So it's something to think about. Okay, see, John, I, I can't make that, that happen. We'll I can't that make that. I can't make that phenomena happen. I'm just sitting watching, observing. You know what I mean? Right. So there's there's something going okay, on yeah. here. These are the same people that says it has a devil fulfillment. So there you go. So I'm having to change oh, my belief there. system here. I'm have, my my belief system in the state of flux. I'm 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 making changes. Okay, and you'll like this. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sorry I got a bail, man, but uh, yeah, okay. that sounds great. Take care, John. Later, bro. Love you, man. God bless. God bless. <sighs> you there, Hector? Yeah, I'm still here. Eric is working on some audio. That's why he hasn't popped in here yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that little exchange is probably good enough to put up uh, on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You want to call hey, in? Your, your audio is kind of kind of like cutting off, or some sort of a interference there. Uh huh. But I mean, it's not too bad. But you know, it's just not like you know. I, I mean, I can hear you and understand you. It's just sometimes makes a little squeaky noise and you know, kinda of cut up sometimes, but it's not bad. Okay. I think it's this audio uh headset I got on here. Um I'm not used to it. I gotta place the microphone in the right position over my front of my mouth or it just um doesn't sound right. Yeah. Lisa was warning me in uh Facebook that she was yeah. um hearing me breathing. That's that's me when that happens. Okay. Um, I'm using this one instead of that uh, other little headset that I had. No, okay. Yeah. I got a little adapter where I can plug in the dual uh, uh, things into the uh, cell phone. So it's supposed to sound better than before anyway. But I had to have it positioned just right apparently. I guess because the microphone's kind of sensitive. Yeah. <coughs> I don't know who Hindred was. I think this is we we opened this uh, chat room up to the public, and yeah. so anybody can come in here. We don't do that very often, but the other one was public, so I thought I'd make this one public. Yeah, I, I was going to go in there, but uh, probably the power is going to get probably <laughs> be gone again. So I don't want to mess with the computer. Uh huh. Yeah. That was, a, that was a pretty interesting uh, conversation there with Johnny. You like that, huh? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Isn't it? Isn't it funny how I can sound like the the, the most way out, whacked out conspiracy goofball, and then kind of flip around and sound like somebody who's been in seminary for the last eight years? Yeah. Now, as far as I know, it's it's like I'm um, some kind of. Um, Got more than one personality. <laughs> I don't know anybody <laughs> else out there like that. You know. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like you can just turn the switch on and off, you know, and and be very uh, neutral about uh, 
but different, you know, views and, and you know what I mean. Another thing that uh, this is this is something you know uh, actually observe observe me interact with people and actually kind of um, you know profit from it. Watch how I interact with people and how I don't get into uh, arguments. Yeah. And there's a time to stand up. If somebody's putting their foot to the metal and pushing some false doctrine that's going to really damage people, I'm going to have to stand up and do something about it. Um, okay. You know, we had one podcast where we were talking to this uh, non-Christian guy. You might have listened to it. His name was um, Jerd, J-E-R-D. And uh, I was like half asleep. I was sitting on my back. I had my eyes covered. And he was just going on and on and on. And uh, Eric was in the chat room. And uh, finally, uh, Lisa got a word from the Lord and told me to go in there and, or maybe it was Connie, and uh, start doing something about this, you know. Because the guy was just saying a bunch of outrageous stuff. <laughs> so finally, yeah. I got into a tangle with him, you know. I didn't get in an argument, though. Just because you have a heated discussion doesn't mean that you're, you're you know, arguing it. And arguing, see, in our culture, it's yeah, always a negative. <laughs> it's always a negative thing. Oh, see, in the uh -huh. Eastern mind, the Eastern mind, they don't think that way. I don't care if you're in Spain or Persia. They, they think differently. So you can actually see in the scriptures that the word argue or arguing is used in a positive context where uh, it says that Paul was in the synagogues daily proving from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Well, it says he was arguing daily uh, in, in the synagogues. Well, see, that doesn't fit in with our concept of arguing. And what the Illuminati has done through social engineering uh, it's convinced people that the debate is bad. Unless the debate is orchestrated by them. You'll, I mean, you'll turn on, like, CNN, you'll see these guys, you know, debating. The whole thing is fake, man. I mean, it really is. I mean, both guys are Illuminati. They're just um, basically paid actors. And they're just taking on roles to fool simple-minded people. Um, the, um, the Illuminati figured out a long time ago, because Watchtower Bible Tract Society is Illuminati-created cult, that um, debate does not work um, in a public format um, unless you control everything. Because the, the Jehovah's Witnesses, they used to call them Bible students back then, they used to have these public debates, and they were getting hammered. And, uh, and so they quit. Now, the reason that happened is because um, God has ordained everything in such a way that if you take, if, you know, both parties being equally prepared, if you take the truth and set it along next to a lie, um, given sufficient time that the, the truth will rise to the surface. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have an advantage. But the problem is when Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door um, and you're a Christian, I said this earlier, uh, they actually have an advantage of you because they know their belief system really well and they actually know yours pretty well, but you don't know theirs unless you've studied it. Most Christians haven't. And most Christians really don't know theirs very well. And they're actually just parroting what their pastor says. But um, yeah. debate is a good thing. And that's why when you um, go to, like, uh, hang out with some Orthodox Jews on the Sabbath, they will get into a really heated debate. You go, oh, my God, these guys really don't like each other. <laughs> but then when they're through, um, you know, they'll pat yourself on the back and go out and have a Sabbath meal. Everything's okay. And in Christianity, you have a really bad um, disagreement with somebody on Facebook, and what happens? These people t don't like each other anymore. Yeah. And, and Hector, it just stays that way. See, that's, that's not right. There's something yeah. wrong, see? And I actually say it's because of our programming. 
That's the Western mind, you see. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Oh, you see it every day with everybody. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. The face and I had this lady, I, yeah, I had this lady yesterday uh, snapped on me. I mean, uh, no, for no reason. I mean, I, I, she asked me a question, and, 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 I, and I answered it, and, and she already knew the, the, the answer to the question, so I just, you know, I, I told her the day, the, the day before, and, and, and I repeated it, and she said, oh, don't worry, I won't, I won't ever bother you again. I'm like, well, I, don't, I didn't mean it that way. I'm just telling you what I, you know, I'm just repeating because <laughs> you're, you're asking me again, and I'm just, she took it the wrong way. So automatically you, you confront someone, and they assume that, that you have something against them. You know, and, and, and they just go on the defensive and, and they just you just can't talk to them anymore. So, so it's really, yeah. That's why a lot of people don't like Christianity because it's so divisive. I mean, it really is divisive. Yeah. You know? That's why you've got to find a group of people that believe what you believe so you can get along with them. Because other people, can't, you can't get along with them. And see, um, Judaism has always been significantly more uh, tolerant of uh, diversity of opinion. They've always been that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Christianity's not like that. You know, they'll, they'll t- they, uh, you can get along with people in a group who believe what you believe, but, but you, there's all this finger-pointing at these other groups because your, your group is the right group, and my yeah. pastor's the best pastor in town, this is the best church in town, and that's why I'm here because God put me here, and we've talked about this over and over again. <laughs> but people actually believe these things. Yeah. They're actually delusions is what they are. Because <clears throat> this is what everybody's believing. You can't all be right. So therefore, um, the great majority of you must be delusional. Now, how hard was that? But you don't hear anybody saying that. See, it's just, we're just thinking. That's what we do around here. We, we get people to think. You know, you can draw a different conclusion than I do. That's fine. But let's do it by thinking, not just believing what we're told, you know. Nope. That's why we create a podcast with a title like Robotic Christians. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> It's it's a very proper, very, very proper name for it. The Christian Machine. Yeah. (laughs) Are you here, Rachel? Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Just listening in. Where'd you go? How long have you been in here? Uh, Maybe 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, you missed the big, long rant I had. Uh, Maybe you'll get to hear someday. You and, uh, uh, what's his name, John? Uh-huh. Yeah. He's um, yeah, an Yeah, well, we've done uh, a few calls with him. We were on his show one time, me and Eric. Uh, he's a funny guy. Johnny's a showman. He spends eight hours working on these, uh, I call them pyrotechnics. Uh, you know, all this um, audio for his shows, like the intros and stuff like that. He's got this... Oh, wow. Heavy metal music blaring, you know, and he's got these long introductions. <laughs> They're pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, you got, you got any crazy stories to tell us, Rachel? We want to hear these stories. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's always there like you go. <laughs> Doesn't make me feel so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throw a good one out there at us. <laughs> A good story. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me put a little context to this, okay? Um, 
let's not in get into why this is happening. Um, I'm just saying that it is happening. Rachel's telling the truth that I myself have been a highly monitored person. You know, on talk show, they have um, a whole bunch, really, um, kind of a glut of, of rooms talking mm -hmm. about people who are being tracked and monitored uh, yeah. and gang stalked. And yeah, I, never, I never knew the word for it. And just a couple weeks ago, I started researching it. And there's actually three or four websites I found where it's like a support group uh, torturedinamerica.org. Um, there's two or three more, and I can't think right off the top of my head, but that one, torturedinamerica.org, is amazing. There's people all over the place that are being gang stalked, and these people yeah. are being um, bribed. Like the government agencies are going up to these people, buying them off, and it's like paying them under the table or whatever they're doing, or, or you know, instilling fear and saying, well, this person is planning, they're plotting, we need your help as a citizen. I mean, I have people I work with that are planted here and follow me everywhere I go, ask me questions. Everybody asks for my phone number so they can track me. And like a mass text will go out whenever I go to the store. And when I go into the store, it's completely empty. But maybe five, four or five minutes while I'm in the store, it gets so crowded and people are elbow to elbow to me. I'm not delusional. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not, you know, schizophrenic. I'm totally sound mind. I'm just a Christian. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my only fault is that I am a believer, a true believer. And when I see an injustice I'm outspoken and they have a list on these websites where what will make you a target for being gang stalked and it's an outpost outspoken person, someone who doesn't conform um, like, just me. I don't conform. I have my own style. And, and, I mean, I've been a target my entire life, but within the past five years, I've noticed it even more. The Lord has awakened me to it. Um, and I actually asked Connie earlier, well, has he gone through this? How long has he gone, you know, has been through this? She said since the 70s, you've been, you know, tortured by these people. And uh, Connie says she's been approached by these people? No, you. I asked her about you, and she oh, okay. said you've been you've experienced this pretty much your whole life, being followed and harassed by these people, by the shadow people, or uh, whoever well, they, they do are. It, they do it. They do it differently with me. A lot, lot different than with you. Um, I've never been gang stalked. I've had uh, weird orbs come up a mountainside towards me, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, but it's it's generally a lot different than with you. <clears throat> uh, just I mean I, I'm telling these stories. Okay, um, uh, one time I was sitting in my house and um, these two young men came in there and uh, to the back door and saw me sit in front of the computer, turned around and uh, and left. And uh, the reason I know this happened is because they got busted at, at a house down the street and. Um, and this, the one kid confessed everything to the cops. So the cop came over and told me this. And I didn't even know anything happened. Because it was, it was in August. Oh, no, excuse me. It was in September. And that's what this is all about. And, um, and it was pretty warm out, you know. So anyway, guess what day they came into my house on September 11th? Huh. Now, I don't believe that was a coincidence. I believe that somebody was sending me a, uh, a, a message. Message. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's uh, 365 days in a year, and that's statistically improbable because it only happened once in my lifetime, as far as I know. So 
I think it was done with deliberation. They, they do things with me because they know I'm going to analyze them. For instance, they came in my house uh, and they took a, um, a trap door, which has no value whatsoever. It doesn't even have a handle on it. It goes into the roof, you know. And um, it was just a piece of sheetrock. And, and they took it. Now, why did they take that? Because they're communicating that we were here, Dave. We're watching you. Yeah. And we can, we can come right through your doors, even though you lost them. I already, I already know all these things, by the way. Wow. And, um, but see, they want to take something uh, that has no value whatsoever to show that they, they're not a thief. And a thief will also, uh, unless he's not thinking straight like he's on meth or something like that, they'll, they'll, they'll leave the door in the same way they have it because they, they may want to come back. Because if you see an open, open door, then you're going to know somebody was there. They wanted me to know that they were there, mm -hmm. so they left the door open. Yeah. That kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Well, I've been sprayed by okay. a helicopter right over my house like an yeah. insect, and I got sick for a week. Oh, my Go God. Ahead. Well, just um, well, on December 3rd, I, I think I was telling you before, I was telling Connie about this. Um, I actually told her today the truth <laughs> because, see, Mom, I didn't want to tell her. I don't know why, but I didn't want to tell her exactly what happened because I was like, "Oh, she'll really think I'm crazy." <laughs> but, but I don't think. I think that's like. I don't think that's. Um, I don't think anyone will think I'm crazy. You know, we live in crazy days now. And um, so, on December third, when all the stars lined up with the pyramids, um, I was basically. I don't know. They were deprogramming me and programming me, and they. I mean, I had people coming to me at work. Uh, a lot of strange things going on with me, uh, just spiritually, with uh, things I was seeing. I was seeing it, whether it was technology or it was spirit. Something was going on. It was insane. The moon was coming out, and the moon was gone. The sky, I mean, the weather was insane that day. So I, I left work. I didn't go home. Uh, when I was home at my apartment alone, uh, all my neighbors are either witches or they're agents. And so I'm, I don't feel safe. I mean, I should feel safe because I, I know I'm protected by the Lord. But at that time, I just wanted to get out of my house. So I went walking around town, and I sat down on these steps, and uh, like in this major intersection. But it was on a Sunday, and it was late at night, so there shouldn't have been any traffic where I was. But all of a sudden, there was all this traffic. There were buses, and it wasn't even a bus route. There were city trucks for construction, and it's on a Sunday night. Why would there be construction on a Sunday night? So everything was very strange. They wanted me to know that they were following me. Um, at that, I told Connie before that someone stole my purse with all my valuables, my IDs, my Social Security card, my house keys. I have like 200-something dollars in my purse. I told her somebody stole my stuff. But really what happened was I was sitting on these steps at this intersection, um, just praying, talking to the Lord, having a moment. And in my mind, the Lord spoke to me and told me, Rachel, leave your things there and walk away from them. Leave your purse there. Show me, prove to me that you want to be with me. Prove to me. Show me that you are willing to leave behind everything of this world and walk away from your stuff. So I left my purse there. I mean, what woman in this day and age would leave her purse behind? <laughs> and I did. I left my purse there. It was a nice, you know, name brand, very designer, you know, nice designer bag. I left my purse there, had my apartment keys, my wallet, my money, Everything. It had my phone, everything I left behind in that purse, and I walked away from it. And I prayed, Lord, I left everything behind. Guide me. Show me where you want me to go. And 
he showed me, he gave me a vision of this place I used to go to on the beach where I used to pray and read my Bible and, and really get one. It was right by the water. And he showed me this vision of the same place I used to go to. So I went there, and that's where I used to talk to Connie. We would have Bible study. But um, so I went there, and I laid down on the sand. This is probably 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. And I laid on the sand, and I was praying, and I was asking, God, rapture me. <laughs> I thought he was going to pick me up in a whirlwind. Like, you know, <laughs> like I thought he was going to pick me up. I thought he was going to take me away and lift me with the, you know, with the wind. And well, it didn't happen, but, I mean, I had a very nice spiritual moment, you know, I had a very, very nice moment with him. I spoke with Connie today, and she said that it was actually the Lord speaking to me. It was actually the angels. It wasn't technology. It was the Lord. It was a test, and I passed. But I looked at my stuff behind, and, and the strange thing is, this is another confirmation that I know I'm being followed, because if anybody leaves their first behind, of course it's going to be taken, and... I mean, it, there's a lot of weird people, you know, in this area in Honolulu, a lot of drug addicts and things like that. Well, my purse was taken. I went back to the same spot, and it was somebody took it. My house has not been broken into. I had my house keys. It has my house address. My credit cards were never used. My bank card was never used. All of these things were never used. Nobody stole anything from me. They just took it. They took my stuff. That's huh. all it is. It was agents. I know that for a fact, that when I walked away, an agent picked it up, confiscated it, and took the stuff, because not only did it have my stuff, um, this guy, Chris, that, uh, he's an undercover, uh, but he's been in my life for the past four years, but the Lord revealed to me his true nature, who he really is. It had a lot of his personal things in that purse, too. He gave me a, um, a couple items of his own, and I had it in the purse. Um, but I, I know for a fact that uh, one agent or a couple agents took my purse, took my things, because if it was a regular person, my house would have already been broken into. My credit card would have been used. Uh, my phone would have been used. I checked my phone status, and it has never been used. The last time my phone was used was when I used it. If it was a drug addict or just a rob, a thief, robber, a thief, my phone would have been used. My yeah. credit card would have been used. Nothing was used. My house has never been broken into. Everything has been in place, so I know they're following me, but I was a little embarrassed to tell Connie the truth, <laughs> but I told her, I said, the Lord was speaking to me and told me to leave all my things behind, so. Yeah, uh, yeah I was going to ask you if, if uh, you had run a check on that with Connie, because, um, mm-hmm. see, I'm not going to naturally assume that it was, uh, you know, God, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, she got a confirmation I, I, on that. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure either. I, I was thinking that. Like, the first thing that came to my mind, well, at that moment, I thought it was the Lord. And I followed direction. I said, okay, God. And the voice in my, you know, the voice I was hearing was saying, don't, don't turn around. Do not turn around. Don't even touch your purse. Don't touch anything. Just get up and walk away. Do as I say. Show me, show me you're obedient. Show me you want to be with me. So I did it, you know, without a doubt. And later on, I was like, wow, what if that was technology? And they were just mocking me. And... They wanted to see if I would really do it. And, you know, they're making fun of me. And they wanted to leave me destitute. They wanted to leave me homeless and, and with no money. That's, what I, that's the other thing I was thinking. Because I left everything. I had nothing on me except the clothes on my body. And I was thinking that it was technology. But when I spoke to her and I told her what really happened, she, she got confirmation that it was really the Lord, that it was a test. 
And what happened to me at the beach, though, I had, when I was laying on the beach and I was praying, looking up at the sky, a lot of weird, weird things was happening in the sky as far as light and things like that. And I could hear people laughing. And like I said, it was about midnight when I went to the beach. But there were people playing tennis. And, but I know they're all there for me. They're all watching me, all those people that were there. But, uh, so there was a lot of strange things that was going on with me at the beach. And she told me that uh, she had confirmation that they were, they were implanting me with stuff. They were, uh, they were doing things to me at the beach. That that was technology, but the voice that I heard was really the Lord. But they were, they were a little anxious. They didn't know what I was doing by leaving all this stuff behind. Well, there's a lot of people in our society that have some kind of an implant in them, whether it's uh, a biological mm-hmm. or has a more, uh, you know, dense like type structure. Yeah. yeah. The, the difference between you and them is that you're actually aware that you have some kind of implant. Oh, I can feel it. I feel it. It's in my shoulders. I, I don't know if I have one or if I have a couple, but I know they're in my shoulders and um, they're in the base of my neck or I guess around um, my wherever my perennial, perennial gland would be. Uh-huh. But I know it's at the um the base and the top of my neck where my neck meets my skull and it's in my shoulder blades. And I, I look at my because I have moles. I've never had moles before, but I have a mole on my I have a mole on my upper arm and I notice it's been changing and I can see I see actual indentations where they've injected me with things. Like needles. I see needle marks in my in my mole. And it's changed shape and color and that means they want you to see it if you if you oh, can see course. it. Well, I've been praying. I've been praying that the Lord uh, reveals to me, like, that he shows me exactly what they do to me. You know, do not do not let me be deceived. And he's revealed to me different times where they've done rituals. Mm-hmm. I won't remember that exact moment. I'll still be under whatever, you know, spell or mind control. But the next day, I will remember everything from the time the guy walked in the room, from the time there were... At one time, there were three of them, and they tried to pose as angels. Uh, I even know the angels' names that they tried to pose as. The next time, I had to go to get it like an assessment or like to see a doctor, and they actually had a ritual, and they did things to me at that at that ritual. And after the appointment, things were said to me, and I remember everything. I remember every detail of what they did to me that day. I'm Austin, by the way. Hi. What was your name? Austin. <clears throat> oh hi. <laughs> uh, um, you, you know who Eric is, right? What? You know who Eric is, right? Yes. That Austin is his son. I'm okay. his oldest son. Hi Rachel, yeah. this is oh, Eric too. I, I'm on, I'm online now, so your mouth's well, breathing really bad I'm though so into the phone. <laughs> <clears throat> I've been going off so long. Dad, your your mouth breathes into the phone pretty bad. That's because I just walked up the stairs. I'm an old man. Okay, well, hold the phone. Put the phone on mute or something. Then we don't want to hear you huffing and puffing. <laughs> so I cut down to two packs a day. Oh my gosh. I'm just joking. I'm not. <laughs> no, it's just well, Austin, just one I bottle. Heard, I heard you went through some things also, but I'm not the only weird one. I heard you've experienced some things. I'm not weird. <laughs> Austin, why don't you tell us a story about um, you don't have to provide the context whatever makes you feel comfortable mm-hmm. uh, so you can place it in a different environment if you want but you actually saw a guy whose uh, who's eyes uh, changed into those of a, like a reptilian type person 
don't you describe uh, it? Short, I mean, the short story is that um, I was talking to this guy, and I noticed his eyes. Um, I, I mean, I kind of, I have a tendency to, I don't look down or away from people. I, I try and stare people in the mm-hmm. eyes. I just something I I've developed when I want to talk to somebody just because I don't know it feels like uh, it's more of a direct um, approach and it feels like I'm not like shifting down or backing down anyone so I don't know I just like to look people in the eyes anyways so I mean it it wasn't just the moonlight because I moved I moved or not the moonlight it wasn't just the sunlight doing something weird because I moved several times to like try and make his eyes look normal. Couldn't do it. They were just straight reptilian eyes. Like, I mean, if you took, if you, if you uh, popped out like stereotypical dragon eyes at the slits and all that, I mean, that's what you'd get. And it was, it was just the weirdest thing. I mean, and I walked away from that that first time. Like, wow, that was kind of weird. And and then you I mean you kind of walk away from it. It's like, well, did I really see that? I mean, it could have been something in the sun. I mean, whatever. Yeah, blah, blah. This, but I mean, I, I'm not. I mean, I know what I saw. But the double confirmation is that the same person happened it again, <laughs> and his eyes did it. And each time it happens, it's like I don't think I don't think he knew it. But either inside or subconsciously, he tries to hide it from me. Like, he won't look me in the eye, or he'll rub his eyes like he's trying to make it go away and is unable to. So that, wow. that's basically the, the, short, the short story of it. And there's some other weirdness surrounding it that I don't need to really go into, but that, that's, the, that's the weirdest, that's the physically the weirdest part of it. That but see, I think, I think Austin, they bring people like that around to play little mind games, you know. I don't and, know why, I just, I just walk away like, whatever. Well, I think... <laughs> I'm not really intimidated very easily. I I, it's not necessarily intimidation. It, they, they do it for all sorts of reasons, you know. Um, like, you know, I I was on another podcast, Rachel, and I think you had just gotten off, and then I was, uh, I got on and was talking about this redheaded girl that, um, ironically, was on the same flight <coughs> um, going over to my destination, and then I saw her on the flight riding back from the destination, and she made it really obvious Um uh, to get my attention, like she stood in my way several times, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I had. Uh, um, are we recording this, Dave? Yeah. Okay. Is this going to be a hidden one, or is this one that? No, going it's going to be public. So, if there's anything, Rachel, um, <laughs> that you feel uncomfortable with, uh, you knew were we recording, didn't you? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not. Okay. I'm not uncomfortable. Everybody knows. Well, it makes it makes anyway. a difference for <laughs> things I can say and things I can't say, you know, or I don't want right. to say. So um, that's, that's why. But I anyways, was God, careful with yeah. Austin there. Yeah, that's that's why I asked that. But you know, God basically warned me and said, you know, don't don't walk near her, you know, and avoid her, things like that. So I was getting divine help, you know, because. Uh, I was I was getting warnings, and uh, yeah, I didn't expect that. You know, I was just kind of you know trying to get home from my trip, and <clears throat> and there there were some other unusual things about it too. But um, it was it was pretty obvious. But uh, you know that it's, it wasn't that extreme. It was it was more subtle actually. 
Uh, it's not like the whole plane was, you know, full of people. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, it, you know, it happens, I think, to pretty much all of us. Yeah. Well, let's take an example. I said on the podcast that when people get around us, it starts to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hector has seen some things, um, and it started to happen to Rex, and it happened to Matt. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, I used to be a high school teacher, Rachel, and when I was a high school teacher, the kids that got around me the most, it started happening to them. And this was, oh, you know, wow. this is uh, 10 years ago. Oh, my you gosh. Know. Yeah, and, I can go back and, and remember, you know, I go throughout my life and I try to remember, have I been followed my entire life? And I can yeah. remember instances where there'll be a strange car or I'll, I'll end up seeing a person, like, more than once. And it's it's not very – I don't believe in coincidence. I believe I – don't, I, don't, I don't – that's just something I don't believe in. Um, mm-hmm. And there, I think over the years it's gotten more intense. Maybe when I turned 18, that's when it really started to intensify. And, and But just the past five years, the Lord's awakened me to really – he's shown me more. He's really lifted the veil. And – I'm able to see how I'm tracked, and basically all the people I saw were friends. They weren't even friends. They were just people getting information, or they were, you know, under mind control also, which, you know, same thing, they were getting information um, from me. But just the past five years since I've moved out here, um, uh, it's gotten a lot more intense. People actually try to assault me in public, um, they try to run me over with their car when I'm in the crosswalk. Um, a couple times I have been assaulted um, physically, and you know, it's now I just I'm awake. I know about the matrix, so it's like you know you have to try and be the master of the matrix and don't let them uh, rule my emotions. You know, I can't let them get the better of me, so I constantly stay in prayer wherever I go. I'm always praying. Well, you know, you are talking to Mr. Anderson. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, last night, actually, I walked to the store last night, and uh, and there was a guy, and um, the the style of this of this guy, he was, it's just not, you know, he's just not my style, and I know I wasn't his style, but this random guy just walks up to me and starts asking me all these very personal questions, and you know, I ignored him and I just walked away. I I pretended like I was deaf. <laughs> but he followed me to the store and stood outside the store where I was at. Hmm. Hey, Eric, Sorry. watch watch the background noise. You're kind Sorry. of notorious for that. Yeah, I know. You, you know, I, uh, things at once. I, I have to say, Rachel, that I think uh, at least some of the times they actually want us to go out and uh, make a podcast and talk about what we did last night. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. I think because it, it feeds their ego and... But if you know, if and when they listen to this, I just want them to know that I'm I, I'm not scared of them, and nothing nothing could scare me besides the Lord, and they are just men. He is God, so I don't fear anyone. But um, I also asked a friend of mine. I said, well, isn't it usually the case that if you talk about the shadow people and you let them know that you know who they are, don't you usually disappear? And this person that I told that to is um, a, a double agent, and he told me, he said, 
the only people that disappear are the ones that don't have people that want them. If someone has someone that wants them, then, you know, they won't disappear. And uh, out here, there's been a lot of girls that disappear or, or bodies that are found in the water. Um, it, it's, you know, been the case where a lot of girls have been found in the ocean, different things like that. But yeah. I'm like, I make it known that I know, and that's the thing, I shouldn't make it known. You know, that's what they want is my attention, so I should ignore them. But, I mean, I was on a plane, and everyone was there for me pretty much, and I told them, I know there's about 30 of you on this plane. You've been following me all the way from the Pacific. And that's when they scattered. So they don't, they want to stay in the dark. They don't want to be in the light, but. Um, what, what do you mean if they, if they know much. people want them? What do you mean by that? Um, like if they're loved, if they have family, oh. or oh, if they. If people want them in their life, like if they're just, yeah, a wanted person, if if they're loved or desired by others. But if they're just like, I don't want to say a nobody, but if they're like destitute or abandoned or an orphan and they have no family, no no loved ones, those are the ones that disappear. That's what he was referencing it to. But I even told this person, I know you're an agent. I know exactly who you are. I know you do mind control on me. I even I even can tell you the chance that you say when you think I'm under hypnosis. And he just ignores it. He acts like I don't say anything. <laughs> but it's not my kind of, it's not my personality to um, stay quiet. I, sometimes I think I'm too outspoken and I say too much. But if I wasn't supposed to, I wouldn't talk. The Lord would shut my mouth. And Yeah, every day in my life is an adventure, though, out here. <laughs> Something always happens. Well, this is going to come to an end. Um, I hope Tommy's so. going to come over here, and uh, we're all going to be together, and then you'll be protected from all this kind of craziness. Yeah, no? this is getting a little bit too much. I, I, um, I kind of want the simple life, <laughs> nice and quiet. Mm-hmm. Sounds like saying your life is an adventure is a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> yeah. It's like a sci-fi movie. Like, I used to watch the Outer Limit shows, and wow. I mean, I, I can remember saying, oh, my life is so boring. I need some adventure. And, I, you know, I got what I asked for. <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely an adventure. Something is always going on, a, lo- a lot of excitement. Good thing I don't have a heart problem. <laughs> Even so, the, the uh, sky out here. Dave, the is it just the four of us right now? Uh, you know, my audio or my signal is kind of weak, and so it's uh, no. It looks like no, it's there's a people. lot of people in the chat. Oh, okay. It's just the four of us on the phone. Uh, no, there's Iron Johnny's line is still connected, and there's uh, I bought to BTO. Oh, uh, that's Hector. Oh, Hector. Hector. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just didn't know. I I didn't hear anybody else. So. Hi, Hector. Well, I'm know, Austin again. I don't think we've met. I'm not on the, the computer. The last time so. we had a, a podcast and I spoke over the phone about my my trip, my air my air trip, when I got on the plane, um, there was a lot of backlash from that. So I'm pretty sure I'll experience something. Is it backlash, or is it more of like, hey, we know that you know that we know that you talked about it? Yeah, that one. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you think they were trying to punish you, huh? I think so, because you know when I when I was on the plane, 
um, from JFK, the guy sitting next to me, he did a hand motion with his finger, and he ran his finger across his neck. And before he did that, he put his finger up to his mouth, like, you know, be quiet, like a... What finger? Yeah, he, he put his finger to his no, mouth. No, no, what was it, like his index, his thumb, yeah, what, what it finger? His, it was his index finger, his index finger to his mouth, like, be quiet, keep a secret. And if I didn't do that, he, he motioned that I was I was going to die. He put his finger to his neck and ran it across his neck. That's when you oh. just throw your head back and laugh at him. <laughs> I should have. I should have done that. But, I mean, while they were done. doing that, while they were doing that, the, uh, I was in, like, a economy class, but it was a small plane. The plane was supposed to be a jumbo, and all of a sudden they switched the plane to, um, like, a, uh, like, a single engine, like a Cessna kind of plane. And yeah. there was only about 20 seats. Well, I was the only, I believe I was the only civilian kind of person. Everybody else was an Asian. They were acting very strange. Well, while he was doing all these hand motions, there was a person in the in the first couple rows, I guess that was supposed to be first class, and they were shooting off a gun. They were cocking a gun, and they were pulling the trigger, but there were no bullets. And they had these bullets that were in, a, like, a tin can or something, and they were, like, putting, the, I could hear it. They were putting the bullets in the tin can. They were trying to intimidate me and put fear in me. You should have just laughed and, like, done it back at him. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, it was insane. They really had a gun on the plane. So, but. Well, if you control the plane, then you can, you can bring whatever you wanted if you really. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to bring a bazooka on the plane if you if you have a, if you control everyone on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they were putting gas like the usually you know you can change the air the air output like the little nozzles above your head. They're mm-hmm. putting gas. They're like shooting some kind of gas in the in the air. You could smell it, or and, how do you know that? Yeah, no, I could smell it. I could totally smell it. And I turned on the vent. I smell like something burnt. It was a chemical smell, and it smelled burnt. And I've actually smelled that again while I was out here at work. They they put it in my air conditioning vent to where I can smell it where I'm at. They've done it at my house. Was it like a burning? So it's like a like an acid like kind of burning. smell. I'm I guess so. It was like a burning, like um some kind of burnt smell, but it was also chemicals. Like it's it was like it would choke me. I would I would start coughing. Um, hmm. Yeah. I remember what they were eating. They were trying to knock you out, weren't they? Yeah. I, I was thinking that's what it was because when I was smelling it, uh, at one instant I was like, whoa, that's really strong. Uh, I started getting dizzy and my eyes were getting heavy, so I turned the vent off. I actually got up out of my seat and walked to the back of the plane to go to the bathroom, but I could barely, I could barely walk. I was really dizzy. And once I got into the bathroom, I tried to close the door and lock it, but they rigged the lock to where I couldn't even lock the door. It was, you couldn't lock it. You couldn't close the door. I had to keep my foot pressed against the door just to keep it closed. And I tried to stay back there as long as I could, and I prayed, and I put water on my face. I actually took tissue paper and stuck it up my nose. <laughs> I was probably going to do something. But, and I just stayed in prayer. And, and you know, when I, when I landed, I told Connie of my little adventure of what happened and um. He was like, well, you're protected. You know, nothing bad is going to, they're not going to kill you. They can't kill you. They don't have permission. But mm-hmm. they were just trying to scare the bejesus out of me. And so that was a little frightening because I wasn't as aware or awake as I was, as I am today. 
It's kind of freaked out to be on a plane and everyone around you is trying to kill you or scare you. It's kind of like the the statement the Joker makes in the the Batman movie. They won't kill us because we're just too much fun. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's true. Like I said before, you uh, you have to be an interesting lab rat because they're intensely curious. The satanic mind is intensely curious. So if you can be an interesting enough lab rat, though, uh, they might just keep you alive. Mm-hmm. You got to put on the show. Okay, you don't have protection from God. Yeah, I'm too much fun. I'm way too much fun to mess with. And they even they even you know they know that I am awake. They know I'm aware and. What is insane is that, I don't know, like on GLP, uh, when I was totally awake and I was telling everybody, you're an agent, you're an agent, I was telling people, oh, you're putting curses on me. Like I, was, I was a little bit too uh, uh, assertive, a little bit too aggressive with the knowledge I know. And, and on GLP, they had one thread that said, she is wide awake. And they actually had some descriptives on there about me. And I was so, like, wow, I wonder if they made this for me. Sounds like they... Right. It sounds like awesome. they. Tar- I was gonna say this sounds like they target um, you partially because uh, they, you get you give them such a fierce reaction. Yeah, I get angry with them. See, I get very angry. It's like if you if you poke something enough and it doesn't respond, I mean that gets boring. But you you give them you give them a show if they poke and prod. Rachel, there is there is a term for this. It's called uh, gang stalking. They already talked about that. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. They were just talking about oh, it. They were okay. So that, that yeah, I found actually... a couple websites that are like support groups, but I don't even. They've ruined my trust. They've ruined so much of. The only thing I really have is my faith and my hope, and that's it. My trust in people and my trust. Just I'm so cautious and so weary. I don't even trust this website. I'm like, oh, it's probably ran by them. You know. I like, wouldn't trust it. It sounds like something that they would set up. Like, yeah, like right? let's set up a let's set up a site and we'll have them come to us. <laughs> come to us. Yeah, let's cause the problem and then try to cause the solution. So they'll call us and tell us how freaked out they are. Yeah, it's a one eight hundred number, your twenty four hour hotline. You can call for support. Come on in, we'll harass you over the phone anytime you want. <laughs> right? Like you call them for help and they'll be like, Oh, we're watching you. One eight hundred harass. One eight hundred harass me dot com. Yeah, like I went, I went to the um, I went to the store to buy some Christmas presents. I went to the mall, and these people were deliberately following me around from store to store. And oh my, like people get phone calls. I, I, when I was on the plane, uh, this was a few months ago. The people that were following me from city to city when I was on my flight, they um. The one lady, I heard her tell me, she really doesn't know. She was talking to someone else, but she was deliberately saying it loud enough so I could hear it. She said, she really doesn't know how many of us there really are. And I was like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? How many agents or how many occultists, how many Satanists are following me? Like, what does this mean? But I guess it's all the above. But there is a lot. Every store I go to, the person... Or maybe it's not as much. Maybe they want me to be that paranoid to think that it's everybody in my life. But I mean, well, you, you got to remember Dave, they don't necessarily. Austin, all... Austin, just a second, Dave. What, what do you think about that? I mean, do, they, do you think they're congregating around certain people, or, or are their numbers bigger bigger than we think they are? Well, they congregate around other people. You know, when Rachel was on here before, we talked about her uh, like being a special person. Actually, you don't have to be special. You can just be selectively chosen for some mysterious reason. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't actually know why they uh, abduct people. We've got some pretty good theories because they seem to work along bloodlines and stuff like that. I'm talking about abduction, you know. Where it's a it's a fake alien abduction, you know. They want you to believe it's aliens, but they can randomly uh, select anybody and just go after them because they can't. They're not going to go after everybody, okay? They are going to have to go after somebody. That means they're going to choose somebody selectively, so they can just choose you randomly for some. It would be completely random, and there's something about you that they why they are interested in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying you don't have to be an important quote unquote person. <clears throat> yeah, the article I read it said that uh, the majority of people that are gang stalked, um, they're outspoken or they have psychic abilities. They have different abilities that the majority of people don't have. Um, uh-huh. But they are targeted because they're eloquent. Their 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 um, demeanor is eloquent and caring. And, I mean, even though I can be rude sometimes or I have a little hot temper, I think that's just because I'm a redhead, but I have a little hot temper, a firecracker, but I'm still very caring and eloquent and giving. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, I'm a sinner. I know I have fault, but... Um, you got to wonder, though, you got to wonder, though, are those, uh, are, those, are those reasons why they're stalking you or is that, is that a, byproduct, a byproduct of them stalking you? Because, I mean, you gaining psychic powers, that could be a byproduct of them abducting and mucking with your, your DNA. Yeah. So, I mean, and, it's, and I it's not necessarily that's the reason, but that might be a byproduct of why it's happening. Yeah. You're right. Like, I read Alter. There's different alters that they can program with you, program you with, like Christian alters or psychic alters, and it's actually they program you to believe that you really are naturally born psychic. So... They just want me to be totally confused and deceived, and so I just rely on my discernment, and they can't fake that. There's no laboratory discernment that they can make and give to me. It's all by the Lord, you know. I rely on on the gifts that he gave me. You know, there's only uh, six rooms open to talk to you uh, tonight uh, because it's kind of late, and actually two of them are uh, rooms that have to do with targeted individuals. Oh wow! And the uh, the the rumor is there in the background that uh, a lot. I'm not trying to say that these two rooms are not legitimate, but the rumor is out there that you know these most of these rooms are actually run by agents. Yeah, hey, that would make sense. Would, that, yeah. Oh, do you want to segue this into uh, a December twenty first podcast, or do you want to do that tomorrow? We got to do that tomorrow. You got to okay. do a two two day in a row thing. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Rachel, can you, be there, can, you, can you be there tomorrow night, Rachel? Definitely. What I'd like to do yeah. is have a roundtable and just people uh, talking about what they were experiencing, this energy. Uh, see, I, I'm experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit day after day like I never have in my entire life. And at, at that same time, I'm sensing this um, uh, really strong, powerful electromagnetic energy that wow. has like a slight uh, euphoria, euphoric feeling to it. And so I've never felt this that. before. When yeah. I was walking to the store, I was walking to the store just maybe two hours ago, and it was already night, it was already dark out here, but I looked up at the sky, and it was just, I was drawn to the sky, and I was about to say that there was a big, like, this intense electromagnetic energy in the air, and I just started breathing it in deeply, and, and euphoric feeling follow that that is wild yeah the past couple of the past week has been really intense 
By the way, have you, uh, you know, often seen, uh, you haven't seen anybody with serpent eyes, have you? I've seen dark eyes. Um, yeah, that's what's going on. I know you've seen the black eyes. Black. I've seen black yeah. eyes. Hey, Dave, move your uh, microphone a little bit away from your mouth. It, it kind of creates a, a tinny sound or something. Yeah, Lisa was saying that. Yeah, I've seen I've seen black eyes, um, serpent eyes. I felt one time I saw a, a guy with serpent eyes, and it's strange because he'll come in, he'll see me, and like I'll see him like once every other month, just coincidentally run into him, and he's very strange. Um, he has a very strange uh, demeanor. He's very quiet and cold. And but it'll like it'll be a fake. Oh hello, but he has he has like very light colored snake snake shaped eyes. Mm. But two other people I've seen they have very dark eyes, and they say really strange things to me. So really weird. One guy was calling me queen. That was that was really weird. But it seemed mm. like he was looking into my soul. Like looking when you when you look at someone, you look at their eyes. But he, it felt like he was sucking out energy from me, like, while he was talking to me. Like, I felt, felt really strange. He might have been. Yeah, like a energy vampire. Mm-hmm. But he was, his eyes were very intense, staring, like, and it just, I felt started feeling dizzy. And, yeah, I'm trying to research more and more about um, different mind control sayings and things that people can say to you, and there's a mind control handshake. I just want to educate myself and, you know, so I can prepare to try and, like, I, I can't protect myself. Only he can protect me, but I just want to be aware of it when it does happen. you know what the handshake is like? No. I was trying to watch a video. I know they squeeze, like, between your, between your index finger and your thumb. They squeeze, the, like, the fatty, fatty part. Uh-huh. has something to do with that. My my theory is that the handshakes, they're not all symbols. Sometimes when they shake in public or if they uh, – it, it, it can be a sign sometimes of their dominance over the other person. Mm-hmm. So they <clears> – so the one person knows, you know, kind of who's in charge uh, in the yeah. interaction. And uh, they, you know – I think it has to do with where they place their hand on top of the other person's hand or something. Yeah. You know, I, I don't trust this book over here. You know, Dave, I have this uh, book, uh, Codex Magica, by um, Tex Mars. Tex Mars, yeah. Well, he's an agent, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, how much how much real stuff is he going to put in there? So it's a pretty thick book, but it goes through the handshakes and that kind of thing. Um. I was going to tell you. Um, I got it. I'll come back to me later. Well, you have to wonder why they put out a book like that. But supposedly it has to do with what's called the revelation of the method. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they actually expose themselves and their methodology uh, progressively uh, for various obscure purposes that the average person has a hard time kind of wrapping their, their head around. You know? Yeah, people are so stupid about... I mean, I I'm just at the beginning... But, I mean, I know there's so much stuff that I don't even know about, but there's people that don't even know what I know, and, it's, you know, to be that stupid and educate yourself. But so many people are obsessed with Hollywood or just things that don't matter. 
like they're there. But I, I was under the impression that um, you had to be willing. You had to be a willing participant to be put under mind control. But I am not willing, and it seems like I'm being forced to be under mind control. And like all the videos and all the articles I've read, it says that the person has to be willing participant and give their will, give their power to the person, to the other person. By the way, Dave, uh, in a few uh, few more days, if you give me some time, uh, I want to go back over that movie, uh, The Hobbit. I think <laughs> I think I could do a whole podcast with just the information I have now. Uh-huh. Uh, Let's do it. <clears throat> and uh, you know, give me a few more days, and I could come up with a lot more stuff. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm. Just to give you a teaser, I, I think the whole thing represents an exodus. Uh-huh. You know, his, he's kind of moving from, you know, a home of stability and normalcy, and then basically, you know, what he's doing is going to a giant mountain. You know that, don't you? Yeah. So, so you're assuming that's the cosmic mountain, right? Yeah. That's my impression. Mm-hmm. And you know, then, the guy, oh, go ahead. Oh, after they arrive at the mountain, then there's this giant battle at the end, you know. So you could you could theorize they're jumping ahead to, you know, uh, the final battle. But, uh, I mean, they do that in, you know, Lord of the Rings, too, where it's the, the, the final battle of Gondor there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was aware that one of the guys that was in the chat room, his name is Chuck Chuck of Vancouver, Washington. Uh-huh. He actually has a, a room. He was he runs one of these rooms called uh, Chuck's Targeted Targeted Individual uh, Talk Show. Uh-huh. And he's got a huge show description. And um, anyway, before he left, he said most of the most all of the talkshow.com rooms about gang stalking, in my opinion, are illegitimate. They are actors. And they are good with years of experience. He uh, highlighted the word good. <clears throat> so I'm not going to make a judge about him, judgment about him because I, I don't have enough information. I'm just saying he's agreeing with what I said, that most of these people are, uh, are not legitimate. And what? what they do is they, 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 these people are out there, so they, they create uh, environments uh, to pull them in, you know, mm-hmm. for more manipulation and, and uh, database uh, getting more information and stuff like that anyway. <clears throat> you guys there? Yeah. There's a risk oh. involved for them too. I mean if they get around the wrong people who are who are spiritual, uh you know, that we we've talked about how the Illuminati they they bump into God at times. And so some of these people that are, you know, involved with gang stalking, they realize that, and if they don't realize, they should realize that they can bump into God and they can have real bad things happen to themselves if they cross a line that God does not want them to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, there may be hands-off policies on certain people. I mean, I rem- remember reading 
in some of these books about these missionaries, and this has, doesn't have to do with gang stalking, but, <clears throat> you know, they used to, you know, in some of these uh, voodoo rituals and things like that, they would uh, steal body parts and, and uh, you know, go into, uh, go into graveyards to steal body parts and that kind of thing. And, and uh, I remember reading a story about a, uh, a missionary that was buried there, recently buried, and this... Uh, Voodoo priest went in there to rob the grave, and and uh, he was prevented. He you know ran out of there screaming, and he he himself you know gave the testimony that uh, he was stopped um, by you know he, I think it was his word that he said an angel you know wouldn't wouldn't let him come in and desecrate the body. So I mean that's you know I mean that's it's it's a story in a book. I mean, but. Uh, uh, if it's true, it's plausible, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Rachel, what kind of uh, things have you been seeing in the sky lately? Uh, Dave, I wanted to say one more thing about that. Is see, okay. it, in America, there there's there's stuff like that going on all the time. But you remember how we were talking about you know about Americans being the biggest hypocrites on the globe right now because they live this kind of double life of you know, kind of feigning Puritan Christianity, but also we have a very dark society in terms of some sins. <clears throat> well, on the other hand, there's all this occult stuff happening all around us all the time, but it's always kind of pushed into the background, you know, or it's kind of slipped into these TV programs or the media or whatever. But nobody really comes out and admits, you know, they, they mock you if you talk too much about, you know, things that that happen uh spiritual things that happen or or ghost activity or anything like that you know it's kind of something you talk about with your uh your close friends that you know but you don't want to come out at, at the workplace and talk about it cuz you'll just be the kook even though everybody there probably has had some kind of similar experience you know mm-hmm. and uh, on the other hand you go to places like Tonga or uh, Samoa, um, uh, where, I'm trying to remember where uh, a physician I was talking to, he, uh, he was on a mission trip. Well, he goes a lot to uh, uh, the Ukraine. And I don't think that's where it happened, though. But he was telling me some incredible deliverance stories. You know, that he, he had firsthand experience. You go to these other countries... And there's manifestations happening all around them. These missionaries talk about it. How it's how it's a lot more overt, right out there in the open, you know. And, and um, so, uh, you know, there's something different about America. It's not any less. Yeah, you know, I hear missionaries even talk about going into like Utah, Salt Lake City, and and feeling a, you know a tremendous oppression when they do this, especially in certain areas of the country. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I just wanted to say that real quick. Well, they say that about up here in Washington that um, this is a very dark, dark region spiritually. You can all complain; they can feel oppression. Um, the new, new age type people can feel it too. There's a weird energy here. Mm-hmm. It's different. Somebody's got a lot of background noise. They could mute their phone or something. Is that Hector's house? I don't know. 
So, Rachel, what kind of, what, what have you been seeing up in the sky lately? Uh, there's been a lot of satellites and uh, just the uh, just the wind. The weather here is really crazy. We've had for the past week like monsoon weather. Uh-huh. Um, the atmosphere, like you said, there's a lot of electricity in the air. Um, the clouds are really strange. Of course, there's a fake moon that's up there. Uh, it's uh, yeah, too yeah. bright, way too bright to be real. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm feeling really anxious, and I think that's because, um, you know, the 21st, the winter solstice, every every holiday that they have, they always abduct me or they, al- they always do something crazy to me. So I'm a little anxious about, you know, this Friday. But, um, yeah, everybody I work with is, is a witch or an agent. I actually got a phone call last night. Um, this random person calls me and tells me that this particular person that I work with is an agent. And, uh, and then he hung up the phone. So <laughs> I'm here to tell you. No, I, I, yeah, completely serious. I answered the phone, and and he said uh, he said her name. He was like, is so-and-so there? And I said, yes, she is. Would you like to speak with her? And he said, no, I just want to tell you that she is an undercover. I said, she's, she's got her cover? What? And he was like, she's undercover. She's a double agent. She's, she's an agent. And I said, well, how do you know this? And he said, well, I have connections. I know things. And he hung up, and he hung up on me. I just wanted to let you know. And you knew who it was? I I recognize the phone number, but um, I don't know. I recognize the phone number. I mean, I have caller ID, but I don't I don't know. He didn't say his name either. Huh. Yeah, well, but, the reason uh, I'm laughing is because that wasn't somebody trying to help you. That was just them no, playing mind games. No, I think that was, that was yeah, that was another mind game thing. And there's yeah. there's this, there's this one there's this one woman that I work with and. Everywhere I go, she follows me, and if I bring, like, lunch to work, she tries to eat eat off my plate, and um, she's stolen something from me, but I act like I don't know about it because I don't want any um, confrontation, you know, but. You know, Dave, I was uh, on the phone with you. This is, uh, as we're, this is while we're talking about kind of, I don't want to say coincidental, but, you know, weird things that happen. Um yeah, you know, I was on the phone with you talking about some of the aspects of the uh, Connecticut shooting, the recent shooting, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, right at, not too soon after that, because we were talking in the afternoon, weren't we, about that? Yeah. <clears throat> not too soon after that, I got a call from this. Um, I think I told you later on that night about this, but might as well repeat it. Um, I got a call from this place in Massachusetts, supposedly from a uh, collection agency, but I'm not past due on anything. I called the the place where I was supposedly past due, and they said, "No, no, you're you're fine. Just you know, you got to make some payments here." And I was like, "All right," but uh, it was. Uh, they, but they did admit that they were working with this one group. But why they would call me, and they didn't leave a message saying they just call and hung up because I answered the phone. I was like, "Who's that?" And I answered it. I didn't recognize the number, so I looked it up on the internet, and it's actually from Newton, Massachusetts, which is about as close as you're going to get to Newtown, which is where the shooting happened. Well, that sounds to me like somebody is speaking in code because, see, uh, Newtown used to be Newton. Oh, really? Oh, okay. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, they mysteriously changed it. I mean, the the people that resided there was like, what happened? They, that, almost like they weren't even informed, you know? Uh-huh. Um, what they're doing is they're, they're speaking in code. Um, I forget the city on, in in uh, California, but on the same day that happened, there was a there was a shooting there. Nobody was hurt. Well, it doesn't matter, anyways. The 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 word the the prefix ton t o n that actually means town. It's like a Saxon Anglo-Saxon kind of phrase, mm-hmm. or, you know, old English phrase for town. You know, it just mm-hmm. got shortened later on. So what ahead. they're looking for is a little bit of redundancy and. Um, they're using the uh, the word uh, new. They're putting it out there in the mix. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're speaking in code, and they're telling you that something new is coming. But right. But people are not picking up on it. This has to do with, uh, we could call it your Aurora programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to do with Breaking Dawn and Twilight. It's really right. all over the place. They're putting this into names of movies. Right. Information, even like Dark Knight Rises. Right. Well, there's a whole bunch of dark, darkness movies coming. That we talked about. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. But I mean, there, there's uh, the new Star Trek movie is Into Darkness. The new Thor movie is The Dark World. We talked about Dark Knight Rises. There's all these movies talking about going into darkness. There's a movie coming out this summer. Uh, Will Smith is supposed to be playing Kane. Um, so he's he's playing who? Kane, uh, like uh, Kane and Abel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting thing to, for him to, you know, see what they're going to try and do for that. Oh, you mean yeah. his name's Kane? Yeah. No, he's, he's playing the role of Kane. Okay, because, yeah, it's, it's a futuristic a movie. movie. I, I remember it. You know, yeah. he's. I think he's playing that with his son, isn't he, where uh-huh. it's like New Earth or something like that? I think so. I don't but know the name of it. I, I saw a preview for it, but I don't remember the name of the movie. Well, there's another movie coming out called Oblivion, too. And uh, unless that's the movie. I think the name Oblivion. of the movie is called it's, Kane. It's Egyptian? I think I saw that. It's like an Egyptian kind of movie. No, this Oblivion. was a new one. It, it has Tom Cruise in it, I believe. Oh, okay, no. Yeah. The one that I saw, it was, uh, it was about Masons, Freemasons, and it was about... Mm-hmm. A Hollywood set in Egypt, and they they had they unleashed a, like an Egyptian demon, and it was called Oblivion, something Oblivion. Huh. Maybe this is a remake of that or something. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I'm familiar just, with the movie you're talking about, Eric. I saw it the other day on the internet. Anyway, I believe that movie that she's talking about is actually called Kane. I think that's the name of the movie. Oh, really? Oh, okay. I think so. They, they, I don't know if they showed the title. Well, that's significant. If you understand that Cain is actually the son of perdition, mm-hmm. that's pretty esoteric. But, I mean, that's what I believe for years. So, see, to me it's significant, you know, whether it's true or not. I mean, you understand why I would think that's significant. Mm-hmm. And I think You can even like, theorize that uh, the movie Prometheus has to do with a new beginning, too, because... Uh, it's a new revelation, at least. That's what the movie's about. It's about our our origins. And then, because it's an alien origin movie, and it's also a prequel to Aliens. Um, or kind of a, pre-pre- a pre-prequel. But, uh, 
you know, we talked a little bit about that, but there's an encoded December 21st there, 2012. You know, when they first arrive, it's December 21st, um, 2039, which is, you know, if, you know a little bit about numerology. You just add the three and the nine, you get a twelve. So, mm-hmm. um, and the well, uh, I, I watched it. Uh, I made it halfway through, <laughs> and uh, my famous, my infamous uh, movie watching style. And um, they had the number twenty-one in there, spoken. Mm-hmm. Another, another, another. They refer to the date too. I need to go back and watch some of the the extras because they have like deleted scenes or extra scenes that aren't really part of the movie, like character profiles where the characters are like giving little speeches. And uh, the character Wayland, uh, who is like this rich entrepreneur guy that funds the whole thing, he gives a really long speech, and uh, it's very bizarre. It's talking about the future of mankind and and. Uh, it's very interesting. You have to go. I need to go back and watch it again. I was really struck by what he was saying, and he made a lot of commentary about the the android, uh, whose name is David. And David's seen as, as as perfect, but he has no soul. And he goes on this diatribe about how David has no soul and how he is uh, uh, in every other way superior to men, but uh, but devoid of life or something like that. You know. Um, so there's some interesting things about that movie. Well, there, you know, you can see in these movies they're really pushing this alien origins uh, agenda. Yeah. It's, a, it's predictive programming. And, you know, they started this. I, I actually remember uh, some of the first books. I don't remember the titles, but I just remember when I was uh, going to bookstores regularly, to kind of look, I was trying to keep – up on trends of books coming out because I had this idea that um, you know these agendas would come out through new books and then the, and the, you would see this pro- proliferation. For instance, like 20 years ago, if you went in a bookstore, you wouldn't see anything really on witchcraft, maybe the odd book here and there. And then you just saw this proliferation of of books on witchcraft and Wicca and spells and 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 what they did is they backed it up with all these movies and TV shows like The Craft. And they they started uh, uh, bringing out these t- TV shows for kids about um, you know being able to cast spells and have power and that kind of thing. And he, and as the books got more popular because of the TV show, it was kind of like this self uh, created cycle where you know they both reinforced each other until they became more and more popular. Now it's basically all over the media. But mm-hmm. you saw, you saw the same thing, the same trend with the alien origins. There were just a, maybe one book out there, two books came out, and, and people scoffed. But you know, um, you know, I, I I was suspicious that this was going to be the push in a few years, and here we are. Everything you're seeing is how do we know that the uh, Anunnaki didn't create us as a slave race, you know, and, and, you know, I think Zachariah Sitchin was actually one of the first ones that, that put out those uh, books on that. Mm-hmm. That's why somebody like Mike Heiser, who came out and debunked him as a total scam artist, was so important, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I, I think that was one of you know Mike Kaiser's great cr- contributions to uh, to this uh, scenario that they've been building. He, he totally destroyed that, but uh, Michael Heiser is kind of like a soft conspiratorialist. And mm-hmm. It's not necessary to do all that. All, all it's necessary to do is to have a proper conspiratorial mindset and then find out one simple fact, and that is, is that Zechariah Sitkin, he had an office in the Rockefeller uh, building for a considerable time. Uh, right. Years. What does that tell you right there? Right. They're not even trying to cover it up that well, you know what I mean, so... Well, I still think it was important for him to be completely debunked because people can't point at him and say, well, this is our guy, you know. Because oh, yeah. I think there's still people out there that support Sitchin, but, you know. Well, actually, I, I, I listen to Coast Coast very regularly, AM, you know. And George Norrie, the number one question that he has uh, that I can recall is, what do you think about the, the work of Zechariah Sitchin? It's like, man, oh, man, George, can't you think? I mean, you had <laughs> Michael Heiser on the show debunking him. Right. And it's like he just compartmentalizes the information. I mean, can't he do any research and just, I mean, can you go there? If you go there and you look at the information, yeah. um, Zechariah Sitkin is cooked. Right. Um, he, he, he annihilates him. Why can't he do that, you know? Um, something's anywhere or somewhere. See, I don't think that George Norrie is an agent. I believe that Art uh, Bell was, but um, George Norrie is different. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion, you know. I mean, I didn't think that uh, Art Bell was an agent. Um, you, you and uh, uh, I don't remember the guy's name were trying to convince me that he was. That just shows you how I conspiratorial I've become, how much I've changed. Mm-hmm. Remember Lance? Lance was trying to tell me the same thing. Oh, uh, right. But it's so obvious to me now. We call him Art Bayall, you know, because that's actually what the word Bell means. If you've got a Illuminati family with the word Bell, it's a disguised form of Bayall. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And that's what they're doing there in the uh, the Disney movie with Beauty and the Beast. They're calling her Bell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's a little deeper than that because... Uh, the well, so they're doing Bella. Twilight 2 with Bella. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. But it, it's um, it's more than one thing. It's also a, a Hebrew name that has historical significance. We believe going way back to distant past. Can't really talk about it because it's just like people can't handle it. Really, they can't process it. I mean, you could create the apologetic and still wouldn't be really going to get it worse. So it's not really even worth talking about. But what this is is it's a it's a uh, gigantic. Uh, Crisscross, it's gigantic crisscrossing lines of connections. I don't know if you ever saw the. I know we're talking about. We're, we seem to be talking a lot about movies, but um, that's okay. I'll, that's so okay. I'll just we, give you. you no, know, we can, we don't talk about that that much. I mean, I'll no. give you another. I'll give you another movie then, is, which is Sherlock Holmes, the the most recent one, because he's tracking all of Moriarty's, uh, you know, machinations and plots, and he's got this map where he and. Uh, uh, strands of red yarn going all these different directions, connecting, making all these different connections, and uh, that's kind of what it's like with all this different, all these different ritual events and media coverage and movies and books and I mean they're all like interconnected and and some of these authors that first started to write about the conspiracy they called the octopus, 
because it touched every every facet of uh, of society. And you know, once you have that basic idea, you can basically go to any uh, kind of subset of our culture and examine it, and you'll find their their touch there. You know, if you go to science or sports or health, medicine, education, just start examining it with a conspiratorial mindset, and you'll start to see the connections, these cross-disciplinary connections. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too overwhelming for the average mind, but it's, it's a satanically inspired complex network is what it is. Hey, Hector. Yep. Um, I'm looking at, I, I forgot to answer one of your questions. So you asked me if I uh, do this Gary Spearman guy. Um, oh, I, yeah. I have heard of him. I've heard of most people, but I haven't heard of this guy. Who is Hector? Who, who is he? What? Don't forget about that Gary Spearman. I asked you, when did I ask you about him? Couple of days uh, ago. This was November twentieth. Um. I saw no, no, it was in December. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Um, yeah, I, I got the wrong thing. I um, I think I saw him in a video or something on YouTube. I, uh-huh. I forgot, but it, it was pretty. Uh, very interesting. I I really I can't remember right now what I saw uh, on him. You asked me on December thirteenth. Yeah. So, um, you, you you think that they have these clouds that have been watching you now? This this didn't happen before you got around us, right? Oh heck no, no, no way. But at least you didn't notice it, you know. I mean, you could have stuff like that going on. You get around us, you start looking around for strange no, things. No, no, no. I mean, I I would have noticed. I, I the type of person that I like looking at clouds, even with with my kids, you know, try to figure out what they look like. Uh huh. And I've never seen a cloud do that, so uh-huh. that's why that's why I was so freaked out because I've never seen a cloud doing that that kind of behavior, if you will. Can you describe that a little bit for me? Because I, I remember seeing you post that, but I didn't really understand what you experienced. Well, um, it's coming from working from work one afternoon, and I saw a, uh, a very lonely cloud uh, on our way home in a freeway, and, and I said, oh, that, you know, I thought about it, and I, I thought it was strange, strange enough to take a picture, so I just took a picture, snapped a picture at it, and um, I told my wife, you know, it's weird that there's just a little cloud. I, I just had this feeling that it was just there for me, just looking at me, or if you will, just staring at me. Um, then a couple of miles down the road, uh, we're getting closer to the house, and I saw another one, and and I told my well, what the heck is going on with this lonely cloud following me today? Um, I just took another picture, and then when I got home, I mean, it was 
almost, I mean, it was right on top of the house and then close to the house. Um, I snapped another picture, and then I, I took the dogs out and, and went around and took another picture. So I, I kept taking pictures, like, until it got dark, and I mean, the, the, the cloud was still in the same place. It was sh- changing shapes really fast. Like, I've never seen a cloud changing, you know, shapes like that fast and but it was it would it would not move it would stay in the same place and and i mean my my experience with clouds before is that they move they don't they, you know they they don't stay in the same place yeah um they move around they they change uh shapes and they don't take uh, it take a while to change because he for example, you're looking at the clouds and you see a cloud that looks like a turtle, and it looks like a turtle for a while until whatever you know for a few minutes. But this this little cloud was just changing shapes very rapidly, um, and um, and just it would not move. I mean, it stayed there for hours. We're talking about three, four hours. Oh, that's a fake cloud. Yeah. You know, we've talked about uh, these fake clouds uh, on the podcast before this happened to you. And I've never, I've, I've never, heard, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't heard those podcasts, so I'm gonna have to look for those. But yeah, in there somewhere, I mean, I just mentioned it, you know. I think it was the Invisibility uh, podcast. Do you listen to that? Yeah, one that's again? A, yeah, that's a little different because that's more of something you're you're creating, more of an etheric cloud, you know, as you. As you develop your ability to to obscure objects, uh, so that, just, remember, that just shows you it can be done, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember a couple times I talked about how the Illuminati likes to um, do things to simply amuse themselves. That's the main purpose. I call it the big big boys with the big toys uh, syndrome. If you have uh, these big toys, you're going to use them unless God stops you, and he. You know, they do things to simply amuse themselves. So I talked about how they'll, they'll create these um, these colored clouds. It could be purple or blue, and it'll just kind of float through a gas station. And I've actually seen this kind of stuff, you know, assuming the video is not fake. There's a lot of fakery out there. Um, they'll do that to amuse themselves, too. But um, I believe that these clouds are created by them, and they just... And they'd like to have people report it, you know. They want people to talk, you know. They want people to call in a local MUFON. And they'll have these um, guys on Coast to Coast AM, and they're always trying to, you know, get you to have to ask you these questions, you know, detailed. Maybe they want you to uh, tell us what you saw, you know. Uh, not that they're lacking for resources, but they're putting a lot of technology out there. Um, it takes, you know, some effort to do it. They want people to see it and report on it. That's the thing. So they want people to see it. That's probably the main thing that people need to understand. They're not trying to hide Somewhat mysteriously, there are UFOs that occasionally hide in a, in a cloud. But I think that's just to get attention, too. So you're supposed to go out there, I saw this UFO hide in a cloud. I actually think that's the only real purpose. Because, come on, they're not trying to hide. They're trying to uh, create a local uh, urban legend or something, you know? <clears throat> I mean, a lot of this stuff is done for purposes that it's not readily self-evident. It's like there's something else that's beyond the common understanding, you know, people usually miss it and then convince themselves they figured it out and they just kind of move on and they haven't really 
you kind of have to pierce this veil, you know, that they put because they put these, they throw up these veils, and it's uh, it's something other than it usually appears to be. <clears throat> so, well, it's funny with the with the stars because um before I, mean, I would hear you guys talk about a lot a lot about the stars, and I I would go outside and I would never see anything, and I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. I I haven't, you know, I. There was a couple of times where I went outside and I would look at the at the sky and and nothing. I, I wouldn't see anything, you know. And just one night out of blue, I, I, we came back from uh, it's a couple of Saturdays ago from my 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 sister-in-law's house, and I happened to I took the dogs out and happened to look up, and the whole. I mean, maybe this is why I didn't notice anything for for weeks. Because maybe this is at this moment. This is when I noticed that the whole celestial. I mean, every single star was in a different place. Yeah. Um, I know what you're talking I said, about. I said, wait a minute. These stars weren't here. You know, when when I looked before, they were in, in a totally different place. I mean. They and do the so same thing with the false, the false moon, too, Hector. Go ahead. Yeah, like that kind of freaked me out because I've never seen it before, you know. I, I, and, and I was like, whoa, you know. Uh, yeah, that, that's not right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I I didn't know what to make of that because uh, I've never seen it before. I was, even though I was looking for it, you know. Um, and ever since I've, I've, you know, strange things, you know, like like light. Sometimes they they um, seem like they're airplanes, but they they don't move. But then when I start looking at them really closely, they start moving. Um, really? So uh, yeah. So you know, just weird weird things. So uh, huh. you know, it, it's puzzling. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming there are planes, but you know, it, it seems like hmm, you know, that 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 thing's not moving. So it looks like a almost like a uh, like a pole, you know, like a light in the distance. And 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 once I, I focus on it, then it starts moving. So it happened to me twice already. Hmm? So who knows what that is? Well, if you're interested in this kind of thing, you can go to a uh, a forum called Godlike Productions, which I What's believe that? is actually run. You can go to a forum called Godlike Productions. That's one word. Okay. Godlike. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd be the first to tell you, I believe this this is a disinformation site. It's controlled by Illuminati, and um, they're always booting people out of there. And um, Heard this one guy on a podcast say that he's been booted out of there over a hundred times. That's kind of hard to believe, but um, then they'll let you back in. They punish you. Um, what just happened to Rachel? She was trying to post something. Um, I tried to post something and they banned me. And then she tried to post what I wanted to post, and they started messing with both computers. Um, yeah, I think that's I started going bad. there before. I've tried going there and I can't. Like it, it's telling me like my thing has been blocked off. My, uh, my um. Here you go. My uh, IP address or something. I think. Yeah. 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 My IP that's address what, has been they, blocked. That's what they do to you. Um. Yeah. Anyway, if you go to the search engine up there, um, this place is just. 
it's like a circus. They've got more agents here, uh, in my control slaves that are programmed, putting out this info than any other place that I'm aware of. And uh, but it's just kind of like a, an amuse amusement, you know. But if you put like stars in there. Uh, you're going to have to do a little work because they got a lot of pages. Just put stars in the search engine. But a better yeah. one would be to put um, moon or false moon or holographic moon, something like that, and you'll see people talking about this. Okay. And it's a general rule. I would say that most of the time, these are not agents talking about these things. You know, these are actual. That, that's credible. <laughs> but they'll create lots of fake stories. But uh, you can't. It's hard to tell what the heck is true at that place. It's absolutely crazy. <clears throat> just just to create confusion, you know. Oh yeah. That's what it's all about. It's great confusion. Um it's a form of um counterintelligence. It's yeah. create lots of crazy stories right next to the real ones and then it's just like you gotta labor so much to try to figure out what's actually going on. It's just like, well, most people don't have the time to do it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else been going on at your end? Anything odd? Mine, I'm, I'm not talking um, about spiritual stuff like demonic, you know. Oh, well, um, on Saturday, uh, we were at, uh, you know, I, I posted it earlier, too, when you asked online. Uh, I was at a wedding, my brother-in-law's wedding, and we were there for a few hours, and then we left about 10 o'clock, and I came out, and I started feeling very dizzy. Um Dizzy, like to the point of fainting. Uh huh. And uh, I told my wife, I said, I don't, feel, I don't feel well. I don't feel right. And I started sweating, um, you know, sweating, and just kind of felt like, you know, that, and like I was gonna faint and stuff. And, uh, and very, very dizzy. And that that lasted probably about half an hour, forty five minutes. Do you, okay. you think there's anything suspicious about it? I, I honestly, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, you know, I thought it was my BP, my blood pressure, but I've been okay ever since. So, uh-huh. but I, I don't know what what would have caused it because I mean, I'm I'm fine now. <laughs> I, was, I was just kind of weird. Well, you know, I mean, it, there's not there's no way for me to tell whether that was just normal or not. I can't say though. But we we've got enough witchcraft directed at us that um, you know, Connie and Lisa are real sensitive. Uh, Lisa will get pains in her feet. They actually direct the witchcraft at her feet because she has a weakness in her body there. Yeah. They're not stupid, you know. I mean, uh, if you're Satan and he knows that um, you've got a bad gas pump, what, what do you think yeah. he's going to attack in your car? You know, going to go after that. Yeah. You know, it's common sense. But, um, I mean, Connie is really sensitive to this stuff. I hate to use the word medium because that's always a bad word, you know, but um, yeah. it's something like that, whatever word you want to substitute. Both her and Connie and uh, Charles, um, they're really sensitive to, um, you know, uh, the dark realm and the, the other realm, the good realm. They just they pick up, um, I don't want to say everything, but uh, if there's something going on and significant, they can feel it. Like I said before, I can feel negative energy like Wi-Fi and cell phones and stuff like that. You know, I can feel it too, but not not like them. <clears throat> so, they, I mean, Connie will call me up. She's just like in a, a bad state, you know. she got a terrible headache, you know. And, I mean, this stuff doesn't happen to me. But um, 
sometimes it's technology, but uh, I'm talking about witchcraft. Um, that happens a lot not, to me. What's that? You, you, you get headaches. All right? the time. And yeah. there was actually a certain individual. I know, I think Austin was saying it before about um, people who mess with his elect. Um, it'll come back on them. And uh-huh. there was there was one individual that was putting a curse on me. I mean, there's people putting curses on me all day. And But this one individual, I believe, I mean, I was getting, you know, through my discernment, uh, that she was poisoning the food. She, she I, could, I could see in her eyes and I could feel her energy towards me and it was not very nice. And But she was always, she always had a smile on her face. It was, it was a fake smile. And she would try to feed me. She would make something and try to give it to me. Oh, I made food for you. Here, have some. But I always got the word, don't eat that. Throw it away. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Well, this, this, this person um, all of a sudden disappeared for maybe a week. And I saw her again, and she said, oh, well, I've been in the hospital. I've been very, very sick. And she almost died. I don't mean oh. to laugh. I don't mean to laugh, but she almost died. And wow. the, whole time, the whole time I was praying, you know, anyone who wishes harm or has bad intentions on me or is putting uh-huh. curses on me, Lord, strike them down or, or deflect that curse and put it back on them. And this person almost died. She went to the hospital for a week. She was in the hospital for a week. Sick. Mm. But I get a lot of headaches and uh, a lot of chest pain, um, my joints. And it's, it's either curses or it's technology. So I'm, I'm a pretty healthy person, you know. I don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian. I don't drink soda. I'm very conscious of what I eat. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm I'm pretty healthy. Every day I run at least two miles. But um, yeah, I have a lot of joint joint problems or different muscle aches, chest pains. Um, not as used to have a lot of headaches. Not as big now, but yeah, I'm very sensitive. And just recently, I, I've seen a lot of um, different figures, different beings. Hey, is uh, is Austin still in there? Austin, chat room anyone? No, he's not. Can you hear me, Elisa? Or I mean, uh, Rachel? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I was hoping that uh, that Austin was in there because um. Eric is snoring. <laughs> That's what I heard. I was wondering what he does. <laughs> this is the second time he's done this. <laughs> he fell wow. asleep with another one. And uh, he had to try to get the snoring out. But a bunch of people downloaded it um, with the snoring in it. I was <laughs> trying to ignore it. But eventually I had to address it. So. I was wondering what that was. Like, he must be very relaxed. So, sorry. <laughs> Well, we're going to put this audio up in a room, too, so we'll do something funny here, okay? I wouldn't <laughs> do this with room one. Hey, Eric! <laughs> Eric! Eric! There's nothing I can do to stop him. 
<laughs> we can either uh, keep talking and make a funny podcast or just have to end it. <laughs> okay. Uh, we should probably end it because... Um, yeah. Eric? Make another one. Yeah, well, we're going to be on tomorrow, tomorrow night, right? so uh, we're going to be on tomorrow night, so we kind of probably need to save our energy a little bit. Yeah. So we'll be back tomorrow night, and um, we'll be talking about 2012. Hanging out. Well, you I'll, I'll, be all, I'll okay. be all Friday, so I'll be here tomorrow. Are you outside, Rachel? Uh, no, I'm actually inside, but I'm uh, sitting next to a window. But uh-huh. it seems like uh, every time I'm on the phone with uh, you or Connie or, um, you know, any time I'm talking about the Lord, uh, there's always a lot of extra noise around. So. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like it too much, I guess. But that's okay. Yeah, I'll definitely be here tomorrow. You know, it's funny. Eric has done a number of funny things on the on the. And he talks about things that he shouldn't talk about. Um, I think I do that a lot, too. I was even scolded by my mom for saying uh-huh. too much. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll put it all out there. I don't, I don't, have, any, um, I don't have any censors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, might, I might share too much sometimes. I should keep it to myself. Well, see, you can't really make podcasts for individuals, but uh, there are some things that you should kind of tone down because it's going out, you know. <laughs> Up and saying things that he, he, he prefer he didn't say. <laughs> but he's been like um, making noise and stuff in the background. One time he was hammering things. I'm listening to this I podcast. I go, what is, yeah. what is he thinking? Did you ever hear that podcast? <laughs> I did. hammering. Hey Hector, did you ever listen to the one called uh, "More More on Invisibility" and stuff like that? It was the second part of the invisibility one, and he was hammering away working on his workbench with all this background noise. <laughs> and um, we had a bunch of problems on that. We had te- we had technical problems. I disappeared for about fifteen minutes. So, well, anyway, I guess we should wrap this up here. Thanks for stopping by, you guys. Thank you. All right. Um, uh, Chuck asked a question. Why do you guys want to hide your recording so much? Um, actually, we were getting uh, hassled a lot with people coming in here, Chuck, and just creating problems. And um, I know there's certain techniques that you can use to deal with that. Um, we're kind of like neophytes <laughs> technology. So um, we... Uh, just decided to do private calls. You'll hardly ever see us show up, but uh, we've got a couple public ones recently. But we were on a show earlier tonight. It's on talk shoes called uh, The Awakening. And we were all talking on there, and uh, that was a public call. But uh, I'd like to do more of them because they're kind of fun, actually. But we've got a, we've got a, a Facebook group that's kind of extension of this podcast, so... Uh, we can get quite a few people in the chat room even without making a public call, so it's not really necessary. And the people that do come in, I mean, they're um, they're not really schooled in what we're talking about. We, we talk about really extreme things, you know. So people <laughs> yeah. tend, 
Yeah, people tend to react to it. Yeah. And then uh, we also use TalkShoe, kind of like just talking to uh, people on the phone, and uh, where we actually hide the audio uh, and don't make it public. Because um, there's a group of us that talks on the, on the phone, like, you know, like five nights a week. So we kind of use it as like a, a, a conference call type thing. And uh, if things start to heat up, we just push the record button, and a lot of our best shows have just been totally spontaneous, you know. So that's pretty much it. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Thank uh, you. Good night. night, Rachel. Bye. We love you. Take care. Good night. I God love bless. you, too. See All you right. soon. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.